This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Carlson, Carlson, världens bästa Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, hoj här kommer Carlson. Carlson, Carlson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Carlson vill jag så bra som mig. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson scores! Carlson, Carlson, Welcome everybody to another episode of the Keep It Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who are both winners and losers at the same time. It's the Schrodinger's cat of fantasy hockey, and that's what you get when you play in multiple leagues. You can both win some and lose some. What am I talking about? I'm your host, Elon Dubrowski. With me, as always, the fantasy hockey robot himself, Brian Com. Hello, Elon. Hello, everybody. Yeah, welcome to that part of the season where you are either super intense or you're super relaxed because you're either coasting to victory or you're just out and you can actually exhale for the first time in a while. I want all the people who are losing this week to know it's okay. I'm one of you and we're all going to get through this together. And now we can just watch hockey and enjoy it. If you're out of your most competitive league, which I am the cupful. but speaking of the cupful, I just named myself as a loser. We have somebody who is absolutely a winner with us and this year's cupful. And no, I'm not talking about Elon. We have a special guest on today's show to help us out today. And his name is Jeremy and Jeremy has the most points scored in the entire cupful this season that's out of 322 teams jeremy tops them all in total fantasy points and as a result jeremy is going to be appearing in tier one next season he's won the coveted fast track the inaugural fast track which we introduced at the start of the season where the top point getter gets a free pass all the way up to tier one so jeremy's doing it uh and here he is jeremy say hi hello everyone hello brian and elon thank you for having me on the show I uh, am very glad I won that fast track promotion because the tier two to tier one promotion from Ottawa is looking a bit tough for me right now. Uh, I'm glad I I can kind of coast and relax. And if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. Well, to be fair, Jeremy, the Cupful Division winners get T-shirts. I don't think we have an official T-shirt prize for the fast track, but you get a better prize because you're joining us on this show. That's really a prize for us. We've got a super fun plan for today. Basically, a lot of people, Brian likes to, for some reason, start the shows recently talking about all people who have lost. I'm sure a lot of you have not lost. You're winners like Jeremy. And uh, yeah, we are looking towards these next two weeks of the fantasy playoffs and trying to decide which players we want to add, which players we need to let go of. And we a fun way to present it this week would be to do a draft of all of the available players potentially in your leagues over these next couple of weeks. And how it's going to work is we've 
split up all of the potential available players on Yahoo into their percent rostered. And we're going to be, each of us is going to take one player from each band of 5% rostered. So by the end of this draft, we're each going to have one player that's either zero to 5% rostered then six to 10% rostered 11 to 15% rostered. We'll explain a little bit more as we go, but it's going to be a wild draft. I thought of some stakes for the, for this guys, by the way, I didn't present this to you before. Here's what I'm thinking. At the end, we'll be able to calculate who got the most total fantasy points. We're going to use cupful scoring, which we've talked about a lot on the show. Uh, five points for a goal, basically three for an assist. And then you got some peripherals in there. And I'm thinking whoever gets the most points is the winner. And they get to name the losers cupful team for their draft next year. So not for the whole season, but like for during the cupful draft, you have to use whatever name, if you're the loser of this, that the winner chooses. What do you think? I have a one in three chance of losing this draft. That, that makes me concerned in other circumstances. I feel like I'd be game, but it's going to be pretty random. There's only three of us. I mean, I guess, Jeremy, I'll defer to you. If you're good with this and Elon's good with this, I'm outvoted. I'm good with this because if you have a one in three chance of losing, you also have a one in three chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I, I've, I clearly losing is on my mind right now as I watched John <laughs> Gibson blow up against Vegas today, which was my last, last, last hope. So, uh, so okay, fine. I am good with that. And I actually have a really good track record of drafting in this kind of format. Uh, I've won like all the times we used to do this as younger ones, Elon. And I think I won the most recent one we did on the show too. All right. So then you are set and good to go. Basically, like if I win and you lose, I'm going to just name your team like I love and then I'll insert some name of a player that you really hate. And that's probably like the the scope of it. So I wouldn't be too worried unless that really bothers you. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We'll explain the draft format more so in just a second. Before we do, let's of course mention that we are presented by DauberHockey.com, the number one fantasy hockey website in the whole world on the internet. You're not going to find a better fantasy hockey website. You've got articles every single day, breaking down all of the action from the previous day and the daily ramblings, plus like specific articles about specific positions, rankings, all that stuff. Plus frozen tools is this place to go to get all of your like resources to plan for your fantasy weeks. I use that obviously to plan the podcast and also for this draft today, I definitely use frozen tools. So check it out, dauberhockey.com. All right, so... We're going to start this draft. Basically, how it works is there's going to be 20 rounds, like I said, one for each 5% band. And to start each round, whoever has first pick in that round picks a player and the band that's going to be for that round. So let's say Jeremy's going to be picking first. We randomized the order before. So in the first round, it's going to go Jeremy, Brian, Elon. And basically, how it works is Jeremy will pick a player. Say he takes Connor McDavid. That means he's locked in McDavid in his 96 to 100% range and then it'll be brian's pick and he has to take another player from that same range then i'll take a player from that range and then the next round brian will pick a new player in a new range so part of the strategy is like you know you probably want to take a player who you think they are like much better than the other players in their range as opposed to you know just like taking someone where if you have second or third it's all the same so anyways we'll figure it out as we go should be fun so without further ado I think we get started. Jeremy, you've got the first overall pick. Oh, I guess one other thing to explain. Again, this is only for the next two weeks. You're going to want to take the schedule into account. And we'll reference that as we go. I've shared a document for our draft. And then we'll also share with the listeners if they want to follow along. Or if you just want to take a look at the results at the end, keepingcarlson.com slash draft is where you can find that. It'll be linked to in the show notes. We've got all the percent roster data there and also the schedule for these next two critical weeks for a lot of us in our fantasy leagues. It's just going to be total points. If you could take a player with more games, you're going to get more points. All right. That's the preamble. Jeremy, you've got the first overall pick. Where are we going? So how much explaining of my logic and reasoning do you want? 
Hit me. You want me to just I go mean, straight into it. Well, you're the expert, right? Like you're better than all of us in a couple this year. You got the most points by a ton. It wasn't even close by the end. Uh, John Newhold, who was the one who suggested the fast track after winning it last year, he was kind of close. I think maybe there was someone else there, but I think you won by like 100 points. So, all that said, I want to hear your thought process for sure. Okay. Well, for my first pick, I'm going into the 46 to 50% roster range, okay. and I'm selecting Jason Robertson. Oh, yes. Dallas yeah. has a fantastic schedule. Not only do they play eight games, they get Detroit in four of them. And Robertson is criminally underowned. He should be owned in just about every league with how good he's been the past couple months. Yeah, That's for it. sure. So I am disappointed because I had that 46 to 50 roster band also pretty high for the exact same reason that you did, that Jason Robertson really stands alone in that group of people who are 46 to 50 percent rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. So I'm just scrolling through the rest of my list to see, oh goodness, who am I going to get? Also, you mentioned Dallas's schedule. They are one of those seven teams that plays eight games next week. And uh, they also, amongst those teams, have the, uh, they have, uh, oh, they have no off nights. Sorry, I was going to say they have more off nights than they actually do, but they don't. But that's still good. They still play eight times. So who cares? And it's Jason Robertson. So he's going to play anyway. Uh, so down in my 46 to 50 band, I, so there's a few guys here and I'm not going to blow Elon up. I think I am going to go for, I think go with, uh, uh, it, I think there's two equal guys and I don't think I can go wrong here. I'm going to go for the guy who has the higher cupful points per game total so far this season. That's Victor Arvidsson, who is not having a great year, but it's been worse than it should have been. In my opinion, he's beginning to finally approach the minutes he was seeing back when he had his career breakout seasons. If you can imagine, uh, Victor Arvidsson was not uh, like he, he he hasn't gotten those minutes for a long time now. He saw uh, 19 minutes a game on average three seasons ago, since then 16 minutes. And this year he's creeping up towards 17 minutes, which is what he saw in his breakout season. So he has a a really rough shooting percentage this year, but the shots are still coming. He's still getting uh, just over three shots per game, but shooting at about uh, like 70, 60% of his usual conversion rate. So that's why I'm going to go with Victor Arvidsson. And that leaves the third pick in this band to you, Elon. All right. So Robertson is at 46% rostered. Uh, Arvidsson also 46% rostered. You guys are leaving me all the tasty 47 to 50% rostered guys, which definitely I would have wanted Robertson by a long shot. Like I had him also right near the top of my list. Uh, so yeah, the, I guess the thing with Arvidsson only six games over these next couple of weeks. So I'm going to take a swing here. Give me Jacob Verana, newly of the Detroit Red Wings. So he's going to play eight times which I like. He's playing as of the last game, even though Detroit, I think, got shut out. But uh, Verona was on the top line with Larkin, which is good. So obviously, he's no Anthony Mantha, clearly, not, not to blow up a future pick. But like Mantha's exploded since going to Washington. He scored a goal every game. Verona had one goal so far in a couple games. But yeah, I'm going to, I guess, go with him. Leaving off uh, one other player that I was definitely considering in this band was going to be Ryan Ellis, just because, oh, I didn't even mention, we do have forward uh, defense and goalie restrictions here of the 20 picks we're going to each take 12 forwards six d and two goalies so that's something to keep into take into account uh so yeah it might have been nice to take an else but he hasn't been that great and nashville doesn't have the best schedule so give me verana and with that brian it's your pick to start the next round yeah i think verana was a good one especially eight games of verana versus six games of arvidsson i'm already regretting my choice Ooh. so way to make me tilt <laughs> this early into our draft 
Okay. Uh, so I get my next choice and I think I'm actually going to go down to a band where I don't see a lot of hope, but I do see one player who is going to be playing uh, the most games of anybody in that group because he plays for Minnesota who has eight games over the next two weeks and four off night games in that. Uh, so down at the uh, 21 to 25% rostered band, I'm going to go with Matt Zuccarello, who was quiet for a very long time until the last couple games. And I'm banking on that continuing over the last couple of weeks of the season that there's going to be more of the up than there will be the down. Yeah, that's a good pick. Zook, uh, he's been wild, right? He's been super quiet for long stretches after that amazing start. But like you said, recently, he's hot again. Uh, Dave Benton mentioned him as a streamer last week on the stream scheme. It was a total hit for him. Anyone who listened to Dave and streamed in Zuccarello was super happy. Now they're obviously going to hold on because like you said, he has a good schedule for the rest of the way. So this was in the 21 to 25. Let me just put this in here of Zuccarello. Yeah, which... and I'll, I'll, I'll just color in the blanks a little more. Five points in his last three games. Of course, four goals on eight shots isn't something that he's going to sustain, but three of those goals came on the power play in already high percentage situations. So that is why I I am into Matt Zuccarello. Also, his shooting percentage has like generally settled for the year. He's on a 74-point pace for the season, which we've talked through the season about why that's been unsustainable. But that's crazy considering he just came off a stretch where he had like two points in 10 games. Uh, he's still playing on a really great line, which is why I like him, especially to con- compared to the rest of the schmoes that you guys are going to have to draft from in this band. Yeah, this is definitely one of the weaker ones. So now it's my pick to go... I think I'm going to have to do another schedule plan. I'm just going to try to beat you guys with volume, I guess. Uh, so give me Frank Vetrano over of the Florida Panthers. He's been my stream all throughout the year. Whenever I need someone who I think is going to get me a few shots, maybe a goal here and there. He actually has 15 goals in 45 games on the year, which isn't too bad. A goal every three games. He's got two goals in his last three games now. The Panthers are running some new lines ever since they've acquired Sam Bennett and Nikita Gusev. Uh, specifically Vitrano is like still on the third line technically, but it's with Wenberg and Hornqvist, which is like, you know, not so bad. Hornqvist, I guess you could say that's maybe bad for Hornqvist, but we've got Bennett now with uh, Huberdo, and then Gusev has been with Marchman and Barkov. So anyway, I'll take Vitrano here. It's a boring pick, but I think a couple, he's good for two, three points a game at the minimum. And so times eight, I've already got myself 24 and he'll probably score a goal in at least a couple of them, I would hope. And that brings it to uh, Jeremy. So I'm going to stick with my theme here of getting games played specifically from Dallas and take Asa Lindell. I'm okay. A bit, so I'm that's a bit your worried about defensemen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit worried about getting defensemen currently just because I never draft defensemen and always scramble at the end. So I don't want to be stuck in a, a high end category and all of a sudden be forced to take a defenseman. Uh, Lindell also is averaging more than four a couple full points per game over his last 30 or over the last 30 days, I should say. Okay. So yeah, nice deep pick. So you're going uh, big on Dallas stars, which is great. Cause it means uh, I'm, you're not going to get a lot of points. Although I have said <laughs> that Jason Robertson is, is the exception there. There are a couple others that we may hit on or not as we go through the rest of these drafts, but this draft, but I'm not tipping my hand. Okay. So Zuccarello and Essa Lindell and Elon, that leaves you with the final pick of this round. No, no, I went for Toronto. It's now my pick oh, to start the next round. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, oh, my bad. So we're and, good. No, you're good. Okay. Just uh, let's keep this rolling. It's, it's okay. my pick. Uh, by the way, I'm definitely starting to think that I might just call Brian's 
team if he loses and I win the Dallas Stars or something for next year's <laughs> couple draft. Clearly, you have no faith in them at can, all. Can I just toss out somebody who might, if if Jesper Bratt was healthy, I mm-hmm. might not have rushed to pick Zuccarello from oh, that yeah, band. That makes but, sense. But his, his, his future is just a little too up in the air. But he would be, I, I, I would consider him equal to Zuccarello. If you have a choice and only one of those two guys is available, just take the other. Yeah, to be fair, there's also another guy that really is surprising in this like 21 to 25% roster. Like Nico Hishier at the start of the year would have seemed like an obvious pick. He scored a goal today, but it just seems On like new- seven shots. Yeah, so maybe he is a good guy. Like, I guess I just wanted to go Vetrano. Like, I, I could see, like, I think he sure has a higher ceiling, but he's on this team that's kind of like sad and uh, he sure hasn't been lighting it up yet. I don't know if he's still feeling the effects of anything. Obviously, a good game today, but. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it, but he shares someone. I guess like Drake Batherson also is hot. Like, there's some guys here that are decent. Also, someone could have jumped on Cal Peterson, grabbed a goalie. So it's not a bunch of nobodies in this band. Uh, yeah, you could also mention like Max Domi. I don't know. I could just mention a lot of names. It's uh, it's interesting. So yeah, by the way, hopefully people will be able to use uh, the results of our draft. You'll be able to see if you need a streamer in your league, go take a look at the spreadsheet for every single percent roster, depending on how deep your league is. Hopefully you'll find some players that we like. And clearly we like uh, Essa Lindell, Zuccarello, and Frank Vetrano, the 21 to 25%. All right, so I'm jumping up here. I'm going high. Uh, all the way up to someone who is... where? How high am I going here? Okay, 84% roster. So I'm going to the 80 uh, 81 to 85% range. Someone really jumped out to me here as someone who's just been destroying all season long. And I don't see why he would stop. Plus his team, the Carolina hurricanes has a really good schedule over the next couple of weeks. They could play four times uh, next week. And then they play another four times the following week. So give me Vincent Trocheck to start off this round of the 81 to 85% rostered range. I'm loving Trocheck this year. He has been so good. I, I like. I feel like when he was injured, everyone sort of forgot about him. Like I, I just haven't heard his name much. Maybe the other, the flip side of that interpretation is just he's been so consistent and bankable all season long that we take him for granted. But this guy was having an amazing season, and then he got injured, and we're like, oh no, like this looks pretty bad. He only he miss he ended up missing eight games. He's come back and played ten since then. He's pointed in nine of them, including four multi-point games. So Vincent Trocek does not quit, and he has a beautiful schedule the rest of the way, playing eight games with Carolina, as you mentioned. So Elon, that's a very fine pick, although uh, I do think there's some equivalent options left in this round. I guess I'll let Jeremy pick first, and then I will go with mine, and then you can tell me if I was wrong about that. I really like that Trocek pick. Uh, That was the other group I had uh, targeted as, oh, I may need to get in on this group early. But with Trocek gone, I will take Taylor Hall. I like the change of scenery in Boston. He's actually playing with good players now. Uh, Not that Jack Eichel isn't a great player, Mm -hmm. but uh, Eichel's been hurt for a while. And he also gets to play against Buffalo, I believe, four of his remaining seven games. And so I really am hoping to pick on some of these weaker teams. Yeah, so three points in four Boston games for Taylor Hall so far, 11 shots in them. And I'm just checking out his ice time too. And I see uh, it's low, actually. It's like middle six minutes. Uh, but I, he did ascend to the top power play unit in on Friday night. I didn't check. Elon, maybe you did. Yeah, what I've got it he... open here. Look, okay. They've been trying different things, but it looks like for the majority of today's game where Boston uh, beat up on the Capitals, 
it was a power play with Taylor Hall not present. Bergeron, Marshawn, Richie, Pasternak, and Mike Riley, who, by the way, Mike Riley, but we should mention, I'm, maybe I'm blowing up another potential pick, but he's been on the top power play in Boston with Grizzlick injured. So that's obviously interesting. Uh, but yeah, Hall is like not in the most amazing spot, but you can't argue with him actually scoring goals again like he used to. So it might be the kind of thing where he does maybe a little less pressure of being on the top line. The top power play is actually good for him. And maybe he gets to like focus on like one thing that maybe is underrated, right? Is he's playing against easier competition now, right? Like the other teams are needing to load up against the perfection line. And that leaves Taylor Hall to maybe play against slightly less good defensemen. So I don't know, for whatever reason, he's now got points in three straight. So I can't argue with a Taylor Hall pick for the Bruins, especially with all those games against Buffalo and Dustin Tokarski, who actually hasn't been like so terrible, to be fair. But uh, you would have to think that Boston's going to be able to score some goals against Tokarski. Uh, By the way, the Sabres beat the Penguins today, four to two. So another good game for Tokarski with Allmark injured. All right, so that means it's Brian's pick. Brian was saying that, you know, there's a lot of equivalencies to Trocek. Who do you got? I could get, I think I know who it is, but I'll see. I think I'm actually going to call an audible though, because Pavel Buchnevich was the other guy who I saw in a similar tier to Trocek in a hall, but I am seeing, uh, like, I'm just not sure. I guess I, I believe in Buchnevich. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm just seeing a look at his shot totals though, and I'm not loving them lately. And I'm also seeing uh, the assists have kind of dried up just three in his last 14 games he's really been relying on goal scoring he's got eight in his last 15 but he's been averaging like two shots per game over those 15 games so clearly you can do the math and the shooting percentage is not awesome for Pavel Buchnevich and so I think I'm actually gonna uh jump a little here maybe when I don't need to but I'm gonna take a goalie I'm gonna go ahead and take Cam Talbot who seemed to have lost his starting job, uh, when was it? Not even like a month ago to Kapo Kokkinen, or maybe it was a, a little more than a month ago. Yeah, Kok- uh, like he was injured, right? And then Kokkinen was yeah, doing so well. But Kokkinen was amazing. And then uh, Talbot was playing and Kokkinen was outplaying him. But eventually Kokkinen uh, did take a step back again. Talbot came in uh, going into today. Right, uh, can I though interrupt you for a second, yeah. actually, if you don't mind? I'm seeing Camp Talbot at 76% rostered, and we are in the 80 to 80, 81 to 85 range. So I don't think that Talbot is eligible for a pick right now. I apologize oh. to you. Oh no. That. It looks like I mixed two two groups. Uh-oh. So what range are you we in? You blew us up. We're in the 81 to 85. Taylor Hall's 83% roster. Trocek's 84. Oh, no. And Buchnevich isn't even yeah, so, uh, eligible uh, in this. Hey, oh, we're no. happy to get the tips. And now we know who you're looking at in that <laughs> 75% range. But yeah, we're going to need a pick between 81% and 85% roster, oh, please. Oh, no. I'm There's not a lot ready of goalies in that range. You yeah, can go for you, a goalie. Definitely. Yeah, some no, I don't want any of the goalies in that range. I guess I'm seeing Bobrovsky in that range that I could be interested in. Um, or Jacob Markstrom, but I don't love Calgary's schedule. Okay, uh, I'm going to shoot from the hip here, and uh, I'm going to go for seven games of Brian Rust. Yeah, is what I think I'm going to do. That's Uh, actually who I was going to guess that you were going to pick before you went on, took us on that divergence. (laughs) (laughs) To to another bracket that I (laughs) didn't realize I had merged two together. Okay, so yeah, just give me Brian Rust, who uh, had been like, brutally cold for a while and still doesn't seem to be uh, totally back up and running, but there have been signs of life recently that uh, are 
nice to see after how long he'd been quiet for. He's up to six points in his last five games, uh, but that's on the strength of two games where he had five points, uh, but nine shots over his last two games for Brian Rust. And this all follows, it was just like a five game pointless streak. So it's not anything to get too down about. And remember his deployment, nothing really changes for him with Evgeny Malkin out. He's sort of protected from all that. So everything stays the same under the hood for Brian Rust and, and in his deployment. So why not still just expect a 65 point pace the rest of the way. He's not up there with Trocek and Hall, uh, but I'll take him. Fair enough. It's the third pick in a round, so you can't complain too much with Brian Rust there. And Jeremy, now it's on to you to pick the next bracket. If you take the 76 to 80% bracket, then you already know that you could snipe Brian. So up to you to decide if you want to do that. I will be nice and not snipe Brian. Instead, I am going to the 66 to 70% bracket and taking Martin Natchez. He's been a bit cooler lately, but I still like the deployment and the eight games. I think we'll definitely both be cheering for that Nechas, I should say, Trocheck line to continue mm-hmm. doing well because now we are both tied into them. Let me see. The latest Carolina lines have Trocheck, Martinuk, and Nechas. So for your 0% bracket, if you're in a super deep league, actually, Jordan Martinuk is available in this like dynasty league that I'm in where like every single player in the league pretty much is rostered. And uh, I ended up going with Evan Rodriguez today for a stream just because Carolina wasn't playing. But like, who knows? But anyways, whatever. That's a super deep cut yeah uh, carolina's also been rolling uh nino with stall and fogel and sveshnikov aho and jesper fast but apparently table Teravinen is skating with the team he's been practicing so who knows maybe things will get shaken up but as long as nechas is with trochek i don't think it's a bad pick because we see how well trochek has been doing uh so then that makes it brian's pick in brian the 66 to 70 percent range Okay, and I'm going to go with a goalie here that I've just double-checked, 70% rostered, and that's Darcy Kemper. I guess I just want to get my goalies out of the way. And Jeremy, you and I have definitely prioritized some of the same bands here. Uh, But yeah, I'm happy to have Darcy Kemper back in Arizona, clearly without peer in the Arizona goaltending crease. We saw Ranta come in, uh, do badly, get injured. We saw Aiden Hill come in, on and off, like some quality starts, but also getting blown up along the way too. So I am looking forward to the return of Darcy Kemper to that Arizona crease as they play seven games down the stretch. I'm hoping for five or six starts out of him in those seven games. And I'm hoping for some vintage Darcy Kemper to show up, which uh, I don't feel like should be all too much to ask. Right. Elon? Like, I, I, yeah, like he's yeah. coming, he's coming back from injury. So I understand why there might be reason to be a little afraid. And of course, this year hasn't been as good for him. 914 compared to last seasons where he's been 925 and 928. But in the cupful, he's still been a pretty valuable guy. And I think relative to the other options here, I consider him my favorite choice. Yeah, I think Kemper is a good pick here. I had two players. Uh, what Basically how I've set up my prep here is I just highlighted some rose green for the guys I definitely want in a tier. And then like I have some guys colored yellow for if they're sort of like if I'm stuck and I need to take that guy because the other two that I like are taken. And I definitely had Nachas and Kemper both highlighted green. So unfortunately, you both have sniped me for this uh, 66 to 70% rostered tier. I guess the only thing to be a little bit concerned about with Kemper is, you know, he's got a couple games against Minnesota next week and Minnesota just blew up uh, the Sharks and Martin Jones, but there's a big difference between Martin Jones and Darcy Kemper. So I would imagine that you'll be okay. 
So that leaves me with a, a yellow highlighted player who, again, this is more of a games played thing. I don't, I'm not like in love and this team has barely been scoring any goals lately, but I guess give me Thomas Tatar from the Habs who's got eight games over these next couple of weeks. He's pointless in three, uh, only 27 points in 41 games on the season for a 54 point pace, which is a lot lower than, you know, what he was doing before, but still like, you know, he's getting good deployment. He's on a line with uh, Deneau and Paul Byron. Actually, that's not great. Like, yeah, Gallagher getting injured really sort of kills the halves in terms of the fantasy relevance of a lot of their players. Like, that's not great for Tatar. He's on the top power play for what it's worth. You know, so is like Josh Anderson and Cockney, and Corey Perry. And aside from Anderson, I don't know if Cockney, and Corey Perry are rostered in a lot of leagues. So I'm not loving this pick, but if you look, this band isn't that exciting, right? Like who was I even choosing between? I guess like Timo Meyer could have been an option. I could have gone Carter Hart, but maybe I would have gone Carter Hart, but he's injured. Timo uh, Meyer wouldn't have been an option at 65. Oh, right. Yeah. He's at 65, right? So starting at 65. I have it. I have someone who you didn't consider. Who would you have taken? How about Tavo Teravainen, who I saw the latest update from Sarah Siv was that the Canes are for sure, that's in quotes, anticipating taking Teravainen on their road trip, which to me, I know Carolina has eight games left, so I'm hoping he plays six or seven of those. And I would prefer uh, six or seven games of Teravainen to uh, eight of Tomas Tatar, although Tomas Tatar we've seen can go off. Yeah, I guess with Teravine, it's just kind of risky because we don't know like how many of those games he'll get and how like much he's affected by his injury. So I'm I'm kind of wimpy with it. In some ways, Brian, like we actually had a really fun chat on the patron cast with some of our strengths and weaknesses as fancy players. And you gave me credit for being like sort of I take risks for like when I'm dropping players, but I don't really take risks for when I'm adding players. I think it's like if there's a player who's injured, I'd rather just let someone else take the risk. And like obviously that blew up on me like in the drafts this year, right? Like whoever was smart and drafted David Pasternak even though he had a little bit of injury concern going into the year was loving life all year long. Same with like, I think Marchand and Stamkos had some injury concerns coming into the year. And uh, yeah, so maybe Tara Vine will turn out to be the best player not picked at least in this band, but uh, it's too late for me now. And Brian, now you get first pick. Uh, so where are we going next? We're going to go over to the band of players who are between 36 and 40% owned, where I can pick Sam Reinhardt out of the scrap heap of players who fit that description. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, uh, and this is actually like a self-correction here because I, I dropped him when things were cold and uh, like he hadn't done anything for a while and Taylor Hall was sitting and Jack Eichel was out for the season and it just seemed hopeless. Like if he's not scoring now, uh, he's definitely not going to be scoring later. And then of course there goes Sam Reinhardt starting to score when everything else has gone straight to heck. H-E double sticks. Pick pick your choice of whichever expression you like the most. Reinhardt now has seven points in his last 10 games, and he's getting a nice number of shots on net two. He had a lot of games where he's with zeros and ones and occasional twos, but he has three or more shots in uh, four of his last six games, which is something I liked today against Pittsburgh. He scored twice on two shots. So forgive me if there's some recency bias involved here, but I feel pretty comfortable that Sam Reinhardt is the best of the bunch in this band of players. Yeah, I don't like this. This is what you used to do to me, Brian, when we used to draft with this format as kids. When we did it as kids, it was with teams, right? Like someone would pick a team and then we'd all have to pick a player from that team. And you would always... When I was going after you, you'd always pick a team where the second pick was really boring and then you'd always somehow get lucky. And when Peter Forsberg was taken, you'd get second to get Paul Correa or, or whatever. But uh, so now I'm stuck with a group of kind of not 
total schlubs, but yeah, not very exciting options in this 36 to 40% rostered range. But there is one guy that jumps out again. I'm definitely going to beat you guys both in terms of total games played. I think that Jeremy's also been getting the volume, but I guess just give me Jack Hughes over on New Jersey, who they play eight times. And yeah, he's been kind of quite, he had a couple assists against the Rangers on Saturday today, no points, but he had five shots today and six shots yesterday. And this is a couple of points, right? So we're getting some credit for these shots. Uh, I'd hope that one of them goes in at some point. <laughs> that would be nice. And it would help me out if you get a couple goals in these eight games to go along with all these shots. Uh, I'll take it, I guess. I don't love this pick, but he's playing with Kokonen and Sharon Govich. He's on the top power play with Tyson. I, I, lo- I, lo- I love, I don't love this pick, but he's playing with Kokonen and Sharon Govich as if that's a reason to love the pick. Well, you know, I hear you. Like those guys have actually been putting up points in New Jersey somehow. And uh, like, I, I, I'm with you in the hope that Hughes is just going to keep firing away. I love those 11 shots in his last two games. I, I just don't know what's going to change. But again, this is why I did choose Sam Reinhardt. Because I mean, I don't love one. Sam Reinhardt so much either, no, to be honest. <laughs> like, I feel like it's a coin flip between those two. Let's see if uh, Jeremy agrees and also thinks that whoever he picks is also similarly as good. Or do you, do you feel sniped, Jeremy? This was the band that I had basically decided nobody was worth drafting. <laughs> so what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to take a player that fills a position I don't think I'm going to fill. Like I said, I hate drafting defensemen. I'm bad at it. So I have three defensemen to pick from here. They all play six games. And I'm just going to go with Matias Elm and hope he does something good. Okay. Yeah, that's a strategy. Draft and hope. Uh, I'm really interested in actually how the defense drafting strategy is going to play out here because there's only six total going to be drafted from these 20 bands. And we each only get two. And you've already shown your hand as to how much you care. So I wonder if uh, Elon or I are going to end up going for... I thought we were drafting six defensemen each. Correct. Yeah, six defensemen, 12 forwards, and two goalies. Okay. (laughs) Well, now I need to readjust my entire strategy. All right. No problem. I've got this. I'm I'm really on fire tonight with knowing exactly what's going on at all times. I will also... I'll tease you with the other guy that I considered here. Please. Uh, Anthony Sorelli, who hasn't had a point in 11 games, yeah. which is why I just decided not to. He He's getting the ice time and the power play time, just not shooting. I mean, there's he's getting like second power play time and he's getting ice time with Ross Colton and Alex Killorn most Your recently. Favorites. Like. This is another Ross team. Colton and Alex Killorn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, Brian, you're just giving me more ammunition for your team name. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's uh, another team where like a couple injuries and all of a sudden it doesn't look so deep. I'm sure Tampa will still figure out a way to win like a bunch of games because they're the Lightning and they just always seem to. But yeah, the top line is Point, Palat, and Barre Boulet, which was someone else. I guess I don't want to spoil too much of the stream scheme, but he was mentioned. And then after that, you've got Gourd, Coleman, Goudreau, and then Sorelli, Colton, Killorn, like just a really boring, I guess, Maroon, Tyler Johnson, and Matthew Joseph. These are the lines in the last game. We'll see how they move forward. Okay. Jeremy, you're right. And now I'm scared. So I get the first pick in this round. I'm going D. And once again, I'm going 
almost to the top. I'm going to the second highest band. Oh, no. 91 to 95 percent rostered. Oh, Don't Brian, do, it. do you want to make the pick for me? Yeah, it's Adam Fox. It's Adam Fox. Of course. <laughs> Had I known we needed six defensemen, I would have gone with him over Sam Reinhardt. I swear. <laughs> well, that's a shame. So yeah. Fox, another assist today. He's just been on fire. Let me count it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven points his last ten games. We already discussed on a recent episode who maybe he's all like ready ascended to like a top three fantasy defenseman when we do drafts next year, especially in a couple where he even blocks every once in a while, takes a couple shots a game. So he's filling all the categories and like, obviously there's a lot of good options here 91 to 95% rostered, but since we need six D uh, it's time. So I'm grabbing Adam Fox and now Jeremy, it's your pick. Yeah. Adam Fox was definitely one that I wanted. Uh, we're, we're about that 91%. He said, yeah, 91 to 95. Well, Without Adam Fox in there, I guess I'm going to go for Evander Kane. Yeah, Kane. No, you were you were supposed to go with Joe Pavelski and add to your Dallas Stars. <laughs> <laughs> so Kane uh, has a slightly worse schedule than he was going to, right? When we did our episode last week, which Brian was already like totally out of date, unfortunately, because the NHL dropped a bunch of scheduling changes for the North Division. Plus, of course, we have these like latest Colorado cancellations. So hopefully the Avs will be back and healthy when they're supposed to be. You can go to keepingcarlson.com slash tools, uh, which you can find at couple.com to get the latest schedule. Uh, so yeah, originally when we talked about the Sharks last week, they were going to have four and four. And now this week, they only play three times Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. So not as good. But if you're going to take a Shark, you probably want Evander King because he fills your categories, having a great season. Uh, so yeah, can't argue with that pick. And then Brian, uh, how are you going to finish off this group of 91? There's so many good players here. A so great season is actually uh, like understating it for Evander Kane. He had 35 points in his first 39 games. And I'm just cutting out five there because he's just won in his last five games. But the hits are coming. The shots are coming. So in a league that rewards those peripherals, Evander Kane has just had you very happy all season long, especially after the start of the season where it was kind of touch and go with what we were seeing from him, both in his ice time. Like he was down playing 14, 15 minutes a night uh, for a handful of games. And lately he's seeing over 20 minutes a night on a regular basis. Like this is wild ice time for Evander Kane. Who's never seen. uh, Well, I shouldn't say never. He has played this much for Buffalo and Winnipeg, but since coming to San Jose, he's never played the minutes that he's been playing lately. So Evander Kane is a great grab for you there, Jeremy. And I really, actually, I really did not. This is a band that I did not want to come third on. Elon, did you want to say something? Yeah. I was going to say, it's like a bummer because it's sort of like, I remember at the time when the Sharks signed Kane to that seven by seven contract, people were saying like, Oh, the Sharks probably overpaid. Like that was a lot. And like, I feel like Kane is like held up his end of the bargain, right? He hasn't gotten injured. A lot of people are saying, why are you spending so much money, giving so much term to an injury prone player? But he's like done, you know, he's held up his end of the bargain. Like there's been some, I guess, off ice issues. There was that concern at the very beginning of this year where people thought he was going to like not play the year because of this random bankruptcy thing. But obviously that didn't happen. If anything, he's more motivated than ever. And like now, so anyways, the Sharks like made this good signing. Like Kane is doing well, but the rest of the team is so terrible that it's like, it's almost like a bad signing, not because of him. Like, just because of along with the Carlson and Burns contracts and whatever, now they're just loaded up with all these contracts and they're not going to be competitive. And poor Evander Kane is playing his best hockey and he's probably not going to have a shot at a championship for his career. So that's a bit of a bummer. Anyways, you bring, <laughs> yeah, you 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 bring that contract up a lot because it was contentious at the time and it has looked good, but the two most contentious points of it have yet to play out. I maintain, which is one, it was above what market value commanded for Evander Kane. 
And two, uh, it like the back half of that is what's really going to hurt. So nobody thought that for the first two or three seasons, Evander Kane wouldn't be worth, or like it was unlikely or impossible that Evander Kane was going to be worth the $7 million he was being paid. It was Okay, just, fair, yeah. I didn't okay. mean that as a shot. I'm just saying that he, I think he's performed just, even better than people expected when yeah. he signed the contract. That's all I'm saying. All right, here we go. Uh, I am adding my first Dallas star to the team begrudgingly because I was really, I really wanted Fox and I really wanted Kane. Uh, so I did not want to end up with my third pick here. My other options were Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar. Uh, who have both really slowed down lately. And I am going to just submit to recency bias here and not pick either of them. Uh, So that means uh, my only other option was JT Miller. And uh, I guess I'll show my hand here a bit. I am afraid of choosing the Vancouver Canucks. I feel awful for them. I think what, what they're about to be asked to do is not going to produce really fantastic results. So I'm not going to be drafting JT Miller, but I am going to draft... Joe freaking Pavelski, who at 36 years old is about to tie his career high point pace. If he can keep this up with a 78 point pace in a full 82 game season, 18 goals, 23 assists, Uh, his shooting percentage is wild for the second time in the last three years. And he just keeps scoring. Like this isn't just uh, like he he actually did go goalless for about ten games, but now he's got three goals on his last nine shots again. Also, the power play is really cooled off for him. Just one power play point in his last twenty three games. So I'm a little worried. But in the meantime, he's still putting up a whole bunch of assists to keep this point pace up where it is. So even if that unsustainable scoring and power play scoring that I've been warning about all season goes away. Now I've seen that he has the safety net of picking up assists. And that's why I'm uh, just going to be okay with picking Joe Pavelski. And like, I know I should be more excited about this and I'm sorry. I'm not for anybody who's like, he's good, Brian, get over it. I know. Okay. He's had a really good season. Uh, Plus he's playing with Jason Robertson. So don't worry about it. He's playing with the best player. Number one pick of this entire draft. All right, so it's going to be Jeremy's pick in just a second. Let's take a quick second to hear from some sponsors of the show. So you're listening to Keeping Carlson. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, we are back and it is time, Jeremy. We've each made one, two, three, four, five, six picks out of 20. So we've still got a lot to go. I've got here listed. I still need uh, 5D, two goalies. Uh, Jeremy's got a couple D down. Brian's the only one who's drafted a goalie so far with Kemper. Just to give a quick update, Brian hasn't drafted a D yet. Uh, Sorry, so, so Jer- we don't need six goalies? Two goalies. <laughs> <This is> a <laughs> joke. <laughs> Brian, in the spreadsheet, by the way, I uh, put it's in some fun there. calculations. It's all there. What yeah, you need. I see. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Jeremy, where are we going? We are going back to Dallas. Oh, God. To the, <laughs> <laughs> yep. To the 16 to 20% range for Denis Gurionov. Okay. All right. So Dennis Kuryanov is someone who has been somebody who's like, who's always been on my waiver ad priority list, like beyond my watch list. I've actually made moves to add him as a backup several times. And I usually, the way the process has gone when I'm adding Dennis Kuryanov as a backup is like, oh, Dennis Kuryanov, that's exciting. And then I'll like add, you know, another four or five guys as potential ads to go through the next day. And like, okay, but he hasn't scored in a really long time. Oh, and he's also not shooting a whole lot either, but that is starting to turn around, at least the scoring part. He now is up to three goals on his last five shots in two games. And those are uh, really the first goal he's scored all season. Like he's been really quiet before now. He had six goals in 41 games, which is not what we expect from a guy who scored on one out of every three, uh, one in every three games he played. Last year. So Dennis Kuryanov, everything else still looks good for him. I guess he's not uh, still hasn't totally entrenched himself in a great power play situation. And he's also not a big shooter. So you have to rely on him being highly efficient, which he was last year. But this year, Gurianov's just shooting 9%. So I, I feel like he's almost like a Victor Arvidsson, like someone who should be doing better, but minus the shot volume. Yeah, I mean, Gurianov's weird. Like, at the start of the year, he was amazing. He was looking like anyone who drafted him and held on when Dallas missed all those games. was like a brilliant genius. And then it got to a point where he was dropped in a couple tier one recently. And I had a bid on him, actually, this morning. And I got outbid, unfortunately. I spent all my fabs. I just had to do a $0 bid. And I'm not going to actually mention who I got as my second pick because it might be someone I'll want to pick here. But yeah, I like Gurianov for his schedule over these next couple of weeks. So it's definitely not a bad pick. We'll just have to see. Are you going to get the Gurianov who's done nothing? for a really long stretch recently, or the one who's now just in the last couple of games finally woke enough and been getting goals very consistently. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right, Brian, it's your pick now. Okay. So I see a fair amount of tempting forwards who are all sort of equal and even, but I think this is a chance for me to pick my first of six defensemen. And I'm just going between two guys and I'll name them both because uh, whatever, you can have it if you're going to pick one of them. I'm going between, after saying I'm not going to choose anyone from Vancouver, Alex Edler should still have his work cut out for him. Although I haven't checked the latest on whether he's actually going to be in the lineup when the Canucks return. And then the other choice is Connor Murphy, who's playing one less game but peripherals have been off the charts. Like he's actually been playing the way that we've always loved uh, Alex Edler for playing, Uh, you know, peripherals going nuts and you can just rely on that solid floor. So I think I'm actually going to lean Connor Murphy here. And I, I was trying to avoid picking any players who only played six times, but I think this is really just my best shot at filling out one of my depth D positions. So I will go with Connor Murphy from the 16 to 20% band. Elon, did I make a mistake? Would you have chosen Edler over Murphy? 
Um, actually, I wouldn't take Edler, but I don't think I would take Murphy either. Um, but I like Murphy a lot. Like, actually, I like him in leagues, you know, like, because uh, we've been talking about just like we're looking at the total number of games for the purposes of this draft. But Murphy, yeah, it's only three games next week, but it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you'll be able to fit him in on some office. So Monday's actually kind of a busy day, and he's just been really reliable for those peripherals. Uh, but no, actually, I'm also looking at a defenseman here just because it seems like a band with like the forwards not being too exciting. Like who are even the most exciting forwards here in like 15 to Schmaltz 20%. and Drouin are two of the guys that I had zeroed in on the most. Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of into Kirby Doc, to be honest. Like he's getting really good deployment on Chicago. He's playing with Kane on the, you know, whatever yeah. top line, top power play. He hasn't really been producing yet, but that doesn't mean he won't. He doesn't take a ton of shots, unfortunately, but he did have three shots yesterday versus Detroit. So maybe it's a sign of things to come. But no, I think now is the time to pick d i'm actually looking at another couple d though i'm looking at two devils uh just because they play those eight games we're looking at pk suban and ty smith and it's just a question of do i want to go with maybe like safer peripherals in suban or like this top power play deployment with ty smith but at the end of the day Smith just has not been capitalizing on that power play. And while Subban has been super boring, he at least, you know, gets minutes. He gets your uh, block or two. Like, I'm assuming that you guys are both just like thinking this is Jan, the most boring pick. Subban actually has points in two straight games. He got an assist today against the Rangers and a goal and assist versus the Rangers on Saturday, including three and four shots. So who knows? Maybe he's on the uptick. So yeah, not the most exciting, but I need D. I'll take the eight games from PK. I definitely considered Subban there I, as a, you know, higher upside, but I, I went with floor instead. And I don't think I have any regrets about yeah. it. Yeah. Those six games from Murphy versus eight games of Subban, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll find out. We'll find out in just two weeks. If we remember to actually, we, you and I will find out and Jeremy will find out and the patrons will probably find out because we'll be bragging about it. Someone's going to need to remind us, probably bring it up on the show, but we'll, we'll worry about that when the time comes. All right. So now we are on to our next round where Brian, you get a first pick. You have an opportunity to screw me over. Like I know you like to do. So take a band with only one good player. So I'll be left with scraps for the second. Well, I do have that band in mind, but I, as you know, I am floundering here being like, okay, so where do, which, which band do I need to rush to grab a D from? And I don't think I'm that prepared to do that. So I am just going to pick a band where I'm most confident about the forward. And I don't see a lot of D that I like. I'm going to go into the 61 to 65% band, except I think you're going to like another guy as much as I like Tomas Hurdle, who is quietly puttering along with a 60 point pace and has been largely consistent through the season, especially after he was injured. It was a similar story to Vincent Trocek in a way, because Oh, well, actually, Hurdle was a little inconsistent to start the season. But then uh, when Hurdle was injured, I'm like, oh, no, is he going to come back and play? It's like, yeah, he's actually doing just as well now, even more consistent now in scoring than he was before. So I am pretty happy with Tomas Hurdle. Again, San Jose has a pretty decent schedule. They play seven times. So I am uh, going to grab him and uh, and not look back at the defenseman from this band that I might've missed who perhaps you or Jeremy will be so kind as to point me towards. Yeah. Okay. I don't love this again. Yeah. You definitely did screw me here. Not like hurdle is so amazing, but he has been pretty consistent. Like I like him a lot better than everyone else. There is actually one player who I like a lot better in this band. Actually, I'll just say it. If Jeremy wants to take him, he can. I like Mantha has been insane, right? He's only 64% rostered. Unfortunately, Washington plays only two times next week and three times the following week. Yeah. But Mantha has broken a record 
record apparently for most goals in consecutive game or most games in a row to, when it's starting with the Caps scoring a goal. It's like four in a row. Plus he scored a goal in his final game with Detroit. So he's got goals in five straight games. Things are working out very well. A couple of these games, he only took one shot. So obviously Brian would say that this is unsustainable, but you don't need to say it's unsustainable when a player is scoring a goal every game. It's like, was it a sustainable that Connor Brown was scoring a goal every game for the Sens? Probably not, but still obviously it's a sign that uh, Mantha is fitting in well. Anyways, all of this to say I'm not going to pick him just because five games is not going to be enough for me. So I guess uh, it's again, I'm sort of just picking someone because I like the eight games, even though I'm not so confident. But you know what? I feel like the strategy might end up working out well for me because all I need is a couple of these guys to hit. So might as well go with a teammate of Vincent Trocek in Nino Niederreiter, who's having an amazing season. Oh. He was. Sorry, what's that? I'm shocked. I thought I thought you'd actually be totally okay. My my thought was you were going to go to Carolina and pick Jordan Stahl and be like Brian, I like him as much as Tomas Hurdle. But your pick is locked. You can't go back and change it. Uh, I, I like. I'm really I'm really surprised here. You like Stahl so much more than Nino Niederreiter. Do I? What makes you Generally, say that? You always love Stahl. I mean, I bring hate Niederreiter. I always bring up Stahl when I'm prepping the show when he's on a hot streak to ask you if you think he'll keep it up. And he is the type of guy that sometimes is able to go on long runs. But I guess at the end of the day, I am taking a swing on offense. Maybe I'm blowing it, but I like how Nino's got four, three and four shots in each of his last three games. Uh, I guess maybe we're giving a gift to Jeremy here. Like Stahl has, yeah, maybe safer peripherals. But Nino's having a good year. And so I'm okay to just see what he can do. So like I mentioned, he's playing on a line with Stahl and Fogel. So they're on the same line and Nino's on the second power play. So I'm kind of like banking on Tara Vinen coming back. And maybe we can get that Nino and Trocek line back there. Like Nino, Trocek, Nechas would be a very nice spot for Nino. And then Stahl could play over on the third line. Uh, obviously anything can happen. But I don't know, Brian, maybe I just blew it here. I guess we'll find out, but I guess I'm not, going... I just to be clear, I'm not sure that you would be like that you would be totally blowing it. I just it it would have been very you to love Jordan Stahl there. I thought it was really setting you up. Okay, but Jeremy, what do you think about this Jordan Stahl level of interest? <laughs> uh, would where would you where are you gonna go? Are you even gonna go with Jordan Stahl or no? Brian, uh, Brian you've got like uh, the edge theme song in my head. I'm like, you think you know me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe you don't. Well, that maybe you don't. It's not part of the song. I've added that part. All right, Jeremy, where are we go? Who are you taking? It, it's funny that you guys just had that conversation because when Elon started with a teammate of Trocheks from Carolina, my heart sunk because I wanted Jordan Stahl. <laughs> so there you it'll go. It'll be interesting. Like I think Nino and Stahl are pretty equivalent. I think Nino does more at even strength, but Stahl does more on the power play. I like peripheral peripherals. We'll see what happens if. Stahl can keep up his ridiculous pace that is completely unsustainable still. But I like him. Yeah. I blew it, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Okay, so now I'm kind of tilting because you guys are making me feel like I really blew it by taking Nino over Stahl. Maybe I do like Stahl better. I take it back, guys. Let's redo the pick. (laughs) Or okay, I guess I can't do that. Uh, I'm going to go to... The thing is, I have a band here where I like two of the players a lot more than the rest. So it's like, I can wait and just hope I'm going to get one of them or I can just lock in and make sure I get the player I want. It's a risky game because I feel like basically what I would need is for Jeremy not to screw me over. But Jeremy is smart and I feel like he might go for one of these players as well. So I'm just going to go for it, I guess. I'm going to the 86 to 90% rostered. So another high pick. And 
Uh, which one should I take? I'm going to go with the D, I guess, and take Jacob Chikrin because I love Chikrin. My love for Chikrin has not been something I've hidden all season long. Arizona has three games and then four games so seven games over these next couple of weeks. And Chikrin is like almost at five couple points per game. So we need D. I don't have much more to say. I like Chikrin. So give him to me. Okay. Given to you, Jacob Shikrin, who, yeah, just as soon as we doubted him, he went and scored a hat trick. So I, and I was also looking at Ekman Larson's numbers recently just to see. I was like, no, there's no challenge here for Jacob Shikrin. So, uh, Elon, I actually am kind of grateful to you because I couldn't decide. Actually, there's great defense skaters. Yeah, well, and Brian, goalies. before before you continue, it's Jeremy. I know, I know. Oh, okay. I'm going to throw to Jeremy. Oh, I didn't All know. Right. I wasn't I'm sure. just going to do it now. Jeremy, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, this was a, a pretty stacked group, if I do say so myself. There's a couple forwards and the goalie that I really like here. But I am going to go with the goalie and take Igor Shostorkin. Yeah, that's what I was deciding between Chikrin and Shostorkin. Yeah, so Shostorkin, of course, has uh, been getting regular, regular starts, finally, right? We're not waiting to see uh, how many games in a row the Rangers are going to give him. And remember recently, he finally earned his first NHL shutout and he followed that up pretty quickly with his second career NHL shutout. And Shostorkin has now started uh, nine of the last 11 and the only ones he hasn't are on back-to-backs. And this is after pretty much the first half of the season, Shostorkin was starting two, maybe three in a row And that was it. Then he was getting spelled. Uh, I guess like injury might have played a part in this too, but uh, he's back. He's the uh, undoubted starter. So I think that's a nice pick, especially with the Rangers playing seven games the rest of the way. And now I guess I need to pick. So there's a lot of good players here. I'm just going to name them all. So on defense, I've got Petrangelo and Klingberg that I could choose from. Uh, on offense, I've got Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Strom, Sean Couturier, uh, David Perron even, although his schedule isn't awesome. And in goalie, there's still a good goaltender out there. And Tristan Jari, who has been lights out lately also for Pittsburgh, having now definitely earned himself the no-doubt starters tag. And Pittsburgh also plays seven times, like the Rangers. So I'm having a really hard time here. I feel like I don't need another goalie. And at some point I'm going to regret not picking up a defenseman. Uh, But John Klingberg just isn't a great peripherals getter. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Kirill Kaprizov. I'm going to go another forward here. I like Minnesota's eight games and I like Kirill Kaprizov a lot. So I'm not going to think too hard about this. I'm going to go for the best player available and pay the price for it later. Brian, we've got tweets and Ben even called us out for saying that name wrong. It's Kaprizov. Well, actually, I, you got called out for pronouncing it two different ways when we yeah. talk about him, at least I'm consistently one way. Uh, okay, I just know I had to, I made a mental note for myself to never say it wrong again. So now I'm like locked in on Kaprizov every single time and I'll have to say it when you say it as well. But yeah, good pick. Obviously, Kaprizov is having an amazing season, though. I'm Brian, who's your pick right now? If who's going to win the call or rookie scoring race between Kaprizov and Jason Robertson? Jason it's Robertson, really gotten close. Yeah, yeah it's real close. I, I feel like the, the Calder could be decided in the final weeks of the season. Like whoever finishes stronger has a better chance at getting it. So my answer is I don't know. 
<laughs> Plus also, are we shortchanging for the call? And it's like silly to even maybe have this discussion because in the end, it's just like people are voting. So like we're basically having a discussion of how people are going to vote. But like Igor Shostyorkin probably, you know, he was one of the early candidates. And now, like we said, he's been playing a lot lately. He's got a 925 save percentage in 27 games. Like maybe because Shostyorkin and Robertson have been having like just such baller years, people are like sort of not discussing Shostyorkin anymore. But like what more could people have wanted from Igor? So he's it's a stacked Calder race this year. I think it's going to definitely going to be between those three. Anyways, that's, I guess, a conversation for another show. Uh, Jeremy, now you get to start another band here uh, with our, what is this? This is our 10th pick, I think. For my 10th pick, I guess, I will go to the 71 to 75% bracket. And I'm going to take a defenseman in Alec Martinez. I love Martinez. Yeah. I've loved him who- forever. Someone who I definitely would have had on my short list had I realized that we needed six defensemen. I'm gonna, I'll stop mentioning that now, now that I've made it perfectly clear. I didn't know. But yeah, Elon loves Alec Martinez. Elon, you're going to win the side bet that we had about him, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're slated to win. What's his point pace right now? I'll have to look that up. But yeah, like everything I like, basically what we saw last year was he got traded to Vegas and he was just, you know, looking really good. And he was like, you know, maybe even too good, which I know, Brian, I think that's your thing is like you saw that he had like a point per game. So then you saw that he was like unsustainable. And uh, but this season, obviously, he's not a point per game because that would be ridiculous. But he has 25 points in 43 games, which I think is a lot more sustainable at a 48 point pace. The thing is, this Vegas team scores a lot of goals and he gets a ton of minutes on this team that's scoring a lot of goals. So he's getting a lot of these assists but he's also taking a fair share of shots like he has seven goals on the year which is yeah like i guess a high shooting percentage but obviously he's being helped by taking 66 shots in 43 games so maybe he doesn't deserve this 10 percent shooting percentage but he's earning himself a career year obviously being in la is bad and i think the one lesson we've learned also from tyler to is right when a player gets traded from la to another team at least for now, I guess at some point LA is actually going to be good, but it's like, we, sh- we shouldn't put too much weight in the numbers, but well, you know, he only ever did this blah, blah, blah. It's like irrelevant. He was on LA, a team that never scores any goals. And now he's on Vegas. Yeah. Martinez plus you're getting all your blocks. So it's a great pick for sure. For Jeremy, there's, there's some other people in this tier who I also like, so I'm not you know too upset, but uh, <laughs> uh, I like this uh, Martinez pick and Brian, now it's your, your turn to go. Okay, I am going to go with another Dallas star, believe it or not, because that eight game schedule, I'm just going to hope, hope, hope that Rupe Hintz is healthy to play out the rest of the season. Uh, all these day to day or pre like the one the warm ups right before the game starts have been very nerve wracking for anyone who has Hintz rostered, but he has now played in seven of Dallas's last eight games. I'm hoping he's good to go. Although he only played 16 minutes last game. So now I'm second guessing myself, but he did have two assists in it. In fact, scoring has not been a problem. 10 points in Hintz's last five games, four of them multi-point games. So this is just some wild production from Rupe Hintz, who I do think has been one of the uh, more sustainable. Well, actually I say this even though he has a 93 point pace, Hintz's power play points are insane. Like they're off the charts, just like the rest of the stars. But I think he's still uh, putting in enough good work that when regression does hit, uh, he's still uh, not a 93-point player, but he'll still be in a neighborhood where he'll be super relevant. So that's why I am pretty happy to add Rube Hints and hopefully eight games of Rube Hints to my uh, fantasy team in this very cool percent roster draft that we're doing. 
<laughs> yeah, Brian, I mean, you say that you like Jason Robertson. So hints, Robertson Pavelski is the line. You don't get the guy you like the best, but you've got the other two now. Clearly, you're not too against Dallas, at least that top line. Plus, hints is on the top power play. He's been producing all season long. Yeah, the big risk there is just if they shut him down for a couple of games. But Dallas is like, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. So they're going to play him if they need to. And I'm very happy here. Because I guess with people thinking about defense so much, I'm getting a pretty decent forward with a third pick, which I'm happy with, in Kevin Fiala, who plays eight times in this stretch. And how can you not take someone who's this good? Yeah, he's had his cold stretches, but he seems to have his game back. He's been on a nice run. I guess I could give you some specific numbers here. Like technically, he only has one point in his last four games. But before that, he had like point every game for like seven in a row. So I'm not going to be too worried about these recent three games, especially with a pretty decent schedule coming up, not only in terms of the eight games, but also these games are against like Arizona, LA, San Jose, uh, St. Louis, St. Louis, four games in the final week. Just, it's just going to be Minnesota and St. Louis going head to head all the time. And we know that Bennington has not looked so amazing for lots of this season. So I'm hoping that Fiala is going to put a lot of pucks behind him. Uh, so yeah, I'll take Fiala here. In right. the uh, 71 to 75% range. I'm surprised he's even ranged so low. I guess same with Hints. Well, Hints makes sense because he probably got dropped a lot with all of these injuries. Yeah. But I'm surprised Fiala is not rostered in more leagues. I think he was probably dropped in so many leagues and people just haven't forgiven him yet for being cold for so much of the season. It took him a long time to get going. And it's still, I think, only been three weeks or so, give or take, that Fiala's been really consistently uh, reliable, at least close to the extent that we wanted to rely on him. There are some other interesting names in this band uh, that I'm surprised didn't go. So Mark Giordano has nine points in his last 15 games. The shots are coming back. The blocks are coming back. He's like Daryl Sutter's favorite player. So if Calgary was playing more games, I probably would have tried to add him to my decor. Mm -hmm. Also, Travis Konechny. I feel like we haven't mentioned yet. He's pointless in his last five and also minus seven in his last five (laughs) for whatever that's worth. That's worth a lot. (laughs) But well, it, He's minus seven because the goaltender, like, uh, you know how I feel about plus minus. You know how everyone feels about plus minus. Well, yeah, but if you're in a plus minus league, but anyways, yeah, I'm more thinking okay. of even the pointless in the last five. Kind right. Of but, bef- but before that, what I think went completely unnoticed after Konechny's awful start to the season, he had 20 points in a 21 game stretch and was taking 49 shots. That was between March and about the first week of April. So two and a half shots a night, point per game pace. What more could you have asked for from Travis Konechny except for him to continue that yeah. over, the, over the last five games too? Another name, well, you dropped Logan Couture. We've already talked about how he's gone ice cold and he still seems, uh, my hypothesis was that he might be injured. And then uh, another guy who's come out of injury but not looks like himself is Vladimir Tarasenko, 72% rostered, just 11 points in 19 games this season. He does have a lot of low uh percentages that are markers of poor variance like his shooting percentage is low Tarasenko's IPP is low uh, his power play production is there his five on five isn't so that just tells me that because he's getting unlucky at five on five but things are going as expected on the power play that he is probably playing at close to 100 percent capacity he's just getting hampered by some low percentages so I, he's someone that I would expect to see an uptick from over the last couple of weeks of the year but he only plays six games uh, so Elon of those guys and also Mike Smith lights out in Edmonton in this band too. So, uh, Elon, are you, are you feeling, uh, any, any, I don't know, what, what do you call it? Oh, FOMO from <laughs> not drafting any of the guys or, or Jeremy, what about you? Well, okay. I'll go first. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit 
concerned about not taking Mike Smith, which I know you, Brian, think like it's totally fine because it's definitely not going to last. No, I almost (laughs) took Mike Smith. Yeah. I kind of like didn't notice him there, to be honest. His name's too short and boring when I'm looking through the list here. Uh, But yeah, Mike Smith is someone I probably should have considered because yeah, Edmonton only plays twice next week, but he'll probably just get both games Monday, Wednesday. And that's like usually what you can expect to get from a goalie. Like in a three game week, usually your goalie's only going to play twice anyways. And the following week, Edmonton plays four games. And yeah, it's like you're guaranteed to get wins. Not guaranteed, obviously, but like Edmonton's looking really good. They score a lot of goals. And Mike Smith has been great. He just shut out the Jets. Uh, 26 save shutout on Saturday and like you know he's obviously well resident I think it's especially good for him right that the fact that Edmonton didn't play for so long an old 39 year old like Mike Smith I'm gonna be 39 pretty soon man okay but yeah an old 39 year old like him probably needs to like have his his rest and not be like playing all the time so this is probably really great for him uh, to go to the end of the season like that's almost like the best case scenario right like obviously if you have a bunch of games postponed because of COVID that's not good because you're sick but if you could be one of the healthy players or even better like just it's you're just missing games because other teams had COVID obviously we don't want anyone to get COVID but Smith just got a free vacation to rest up and get the Oilers you know ready for a playoff run so yeah that actually is a mistake I really should have taken him because I still don't have a goalie and I'm gonna need to uh but okay that's too late for that. I guess I'm just gonna hope Kevin Fiala makes me forget all about that miss on Mike Smith. Uh, Jeremy, did you have any FOMO in that round? My only FOMO was uh, the guy you ended up taking, Kevin Fiala. So I think you'll be pretty happy with his production. I've had him in Kukupful for a while and quite enjoyed his recent hot stretch. Nice. Yeah. Hey, my uh, team name is the Fia Last of Us. And uh, I'm going to be going up against, I don't know if we mentioned this yet. I'm going up against Ben in the semifinals of Cupful Tier 1 next week from Short Shifts. It's going to be an intense matchup. And then the other matchup is Dustin versus Marcus, the host of the Stat Attack versus the guy who's been leading the division. So it's going to be really intense to find who's going to be the next Cupful Ultimate Champion. And like Brian said, I dropped Logan Couture in anticipation of this matchup. That's how disappointed I am in this guy who, yeah, I agree. He must be injured. Because he was doing too well. I know, Brian, you said that he was not going to be able to keep up the pace he was on. And we've already had this discussion. But it's like, you don't just totally disappear. And now he's even bumped up the top power play in the last game. So, yeah, if anyone listening to me here, like, definitely, if you want someone that's rostered between 71 and 75%, don't take Logan Couture. And maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it's like Bo Horvat actually could have been a good but He just scored today. And I know people are concerned about the Canucks, but they play a lot of games. And someone is probably going to score goals. And Bo Horvat did today. Pedersen's gone. So Horvat's going to get all the top minutes you could get for a center on the Canucks but anyways okay we got Brian up to take his 11th player we're halfway done the draft and I'm ready I'm so ready to take uh, from the 31 to 35 percent band uh really a band where I don't like anyone forward or goalie except this one defenseman named Matt Grizzlick who I, you know, I didn't take the risk on Tara Vinen, uh, perhaps missing more than one or two more games going forward. But the news lately on Grishlik seems pretty positive. So I'm going to go ahead. Boston plays seven times. Uh, I'm going to hope he plays all seven, maybe six. But Grishlik already earning this reputation as a bit of a Band-Aid boy, isn't he, Elon? This is his second extended absence of the season. Or you could say it's his fifth depending on whether you count the fact that he came back from being injured to play a single game uh, twice. Like he was out twice 
then came back to play, then out four more times, then came back to play, then out three more times. So maybe they learned a lesson and are just making sure that Matt Grizzlick is good now that he's missed five consecutive games. I'm hoping he'll come back. The Bruins seem to really like him on that top power play, 13 points in 25 games so far this year, and uh, not liking any of the forwards in this band. I feel like this is a great opportunity for me to uh, start paying more attention to building out my D. So Matt Grizzlick for me. I mean, again, like I would be afraid because yeah, he's traveling with the team, but who knows if he'll still miss a couple of games. The Bruins seem to be fine with Mike Riley. there running the top power play. So it's a bit of a risk, but yeah, if he comes back and he's on the top power play and plays all seven games, then, then you're golden. So that's definitely what you're hoping for there. Uh, I think I'm actually, ugh, I'm deciding between a couple of people here. I could go with, I should probably grab a goalie. There's a defenseman who I like, so we'll see if Jeremy takes him. If not, then we could talk about him, but even between the goalies, there's actually two options here that I'm interested in. But give me Jake Ettinger on Dallas. So I know that it's very possible that Bonus will just decide to ride Hudobin. But like Ettinger's played the last couple of games. He's got wins in those games. Dallas plays eight times over the next couple of weeks, like we've discussed. Uh, so he should at least get in on a couple back-to-backs. And it seems like he's been potentially getting starts. Like, yeah. But I, yeah, you remember. Hudobin. You remember, remember what we talked about, right? You don't remember? I mean, we've we had ta- lots of conversations. <laughs> well, we talked about how Dallas seemed to be going three or four starts back and forth between Hudobin and Edinger. And we legit said, I can't remember if this is the patron cast or the, the last Sunday show, but I think we it was said the patron cast. Oh, okay. So um, yeah. So on the patron cast, we floated this theory that looking at the way Dallas is starting, they're not going traditional 50, 50, which is one game off one game on uh, between each goalie or even two games off and on. They've been actually been going three or four games off and on. We were saying if Edinger was going to get three or four starts in a row, this round, like if he got to the third start, then it was confirmed that this is Dallas's strategy to give each of their goalies time to get rolling, like get a good string of games in, then take a seat, let the other one play out. So Elon, I would be surprised personally if Edinger seems more than half of Dallas's remaining games. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, the thing is, Brian, like you're saying, we said this. I remember like you said this on the show. I'm like, I'm looking at the game log and I'm seeing just like a, a random blob of like, sometimes they're taking turns two at a time. Sometimes there's like five in a row for Edinger. Sometimes there's five well, in a yeah, row for Hudobin. You're looking far, farther back. Yeah. I'm just saying the, the recent pattern that has emerged. I use, by the way, I always credit hockeygoalies.org at the end of each show. This is what I use it for. They have this great visual showing uh, like dates and goalie starts. And this is uh, this is how I see the patterns. So that's Elon, fair. You can you can tell me I'm wrong. I'm not I telling you you're wrong. I guess it's just we're reading into something that I'm not sure is there, but it might be like that pattern might be emerging, or this could be noise. Either way, if Enger only plays four times, that's not too bad for a goalie, right? Like to get sure. if I were to take a goalie on a team that was playing six times overall, they'd probably only play four times, even if they were the starter. I mean, Plus, Darcy I like- Kemper is probably going to get six. I mean. Yeah, if Darcy Kemper was rostered between 31 and 35%, then I'd love Darcy Kemper. Like, what do you want from me? Uh, the good thing about Edinger is when he plays, he gets me a ton of points. Like Darcy Kemper, not to compare them, but I think uh, Arizona is more likely to get blown up than Dallas just because Dallas is a better team. But uh, either way, uh, this is my pick. It's locked in. Like I said, I had another defense and another goalie in mind. So let's see if Jeremy goes with one of them or if he goes for forward. I really like your Jake Ettinger pick. Yeah, take I, that, Brian. Fast track <laughs> champion likes it. <laughs> I I had him lined up as my pick for that group, and obviously that won't work anymore. 
Dallas has been weird with goalies. Have you noticed that they've started the same goalie on back-to-backs like a bunch of time this season? Yeah, we so weird. Yeah, we talked about it on the patron cast. How Rick Bonus just like doesn't care about these rules. He's not like, oh, one guy might be tired. It's like you played well, play again. That yo, you didn't play well. The other guy played. Like what Brian said. Like I think really it's not as much of a pattern of like you know we're going to do four games on four games off. I think it's more like Bonus is just like play until you do badly and then the next guy play until you do badly and since dallas is so that good and their goalies even, are so good yeah i don't even think that's been the pattern goalies Wait, have played well and then changed maybe he's just flipping a coin yeah could be that yeah and okay. when, you, when you do coin flips then i guess you're not always gonna have one on one off sometimes you're gonna have batches that could totally be i mean honestly that wouldn't be the worst strategy that he has two good goalies like how are you supposed to predict it obviously it's working out well for him but anyways okay so you can't take ettinger who do you want I'm going to take another defenseman in Colton Pareko. Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah me too. The thing with Pareko is like St. Louis only gets to play twice next week because of Colorado's postponed games. And then actually that next game that they do have scheduled on Thursday of next week is against Colorado and Friday. So we got or Saturday. So it's always possible that like the Colorado players don't like, you know, uh, test negative for COVID and those more games could be... Uh, postponed and so that's a reason why i shied away from pareko also like pareko hasn't been so amazing since coming back from injury but it does seem like he's turning things around so while yeah i'm okay with not having him in our draft if he's available in your fantasy league like you know don't add him now you don't need to but wait until thursday morning and if st louis is scheduled to play you know the first couple of games pareko didn't even take a couple shots after coming back then he had two for a couple then he had four in a recent game then he got an assist in the most recent game so he seems to just be getting like a little bit better and better each time so i'd like to see this as just like someone who was just coming off of injury and needed some time to ramp up uh so i think pareko is a good pick uh, in terms of someone that you want to grab on Thursday, because assuming that they play, then you're going to get Thursday, Saturday, then four games the following week. And Prego could be a really good depth D-man on your team that could potentially be more than just a depth guy for your fantasy finals, potentially. Yeah, I was a bit afraid of Pareko because not only does he maybe get Colorado, assuming those games happen, but then the following week they play Minnesota four times, which yeah. isn't a great matchup for scoring. Well, to be fair, at least with Colorado, it's not normal Colorado, right? It's Devin Dubnik, Colorado, or Jonas Johansson, Colorado. So you'd hope that it's a little bit easier to score. But they still have, obviously, the amazing defense and are going to make those goalies look good. And that would be a reason, by the way, to also stream in a Dubnik or a Johansson, depending who's playing whenever they play. Those guys are available in a lot of leagues. Uh, all right. Oh, so it's my pick now to go first in the next round. I was so busy chatting about Jake Ettinger that I didn't have time to uh, decide on my next pick. But I think I should just lock in my goalies here. And this is going to be like the most boring pick, but I just, I'm going to be happy to finish this off. I'm going all the way down to zero to 5%. So the very bottom range of all the worst players. And I'm just going to take Dustin Tokarski. I can't even say his name because he's, it seems like such a random pick to take, but it seems like the Buffalo Sabres, of course, Linus Allmark is turning into a Band-Aid boy. It's very frustrating. I have him in my keeper dynasty league. And it's all of a sudden like now he's going to be out potentially for the rest of the season. And the and the Sabres have been leaning on Tokarski. And to his credit, he's now had four good games. After this win today, he's won three of his last four games. Plus his save percentage has been above 927 in each of these games. Plus in the cupful, we do value save. Saves. So even if, you know, he loses a game, you could still get a lot of points from just the saves that he gets. So 
you know, if I need a goalie, I need to pick someone from zero to 5% rostered. I think you could do a lot worse, at least in this format than Dustin Tokarski. Also, there's something about these Sabres. Like ever since the trade deadline, they've been doing better. And it's funny last year, if you recall, after they traded Taylor Hall, they got a lot better. Like once they announced, okay, we're clearly not contending this year. They uh, then were doing, or no, last year they didn't trade Taylor Hall. That's New Jersey. I don't know. Buffalo also like though, I think started badly then did better at the end of the year. There's something about this team. They're scrappy, right? They're just like, they have nothing to lose at this point. They're playing Skinner finally and Casey Middlestad and all that to say, I'm not saying this is a slam dunk pick, but I think that if you need a goalie, so to advice to anyone listening, which I guess is the point of this show, if you need a goalie right now and you want volume and you want saves, I think that Tokarski is going to be getting a lot of answers. Carter Hutton's also injured, right? Like who is even the backup right now on Buffalo? I don't even know, to be honest, off the top it's, of my head. It's not even Jonas Johansson. No. Does anyone know? Uh, I, I guess I can look I it can up. find <laughs> out very quickly. I think it's... No, I can't. Okay, so I, the fact that you don't know means I'll look it up now when it's someone else's pick. So anyways, that's my pick. Tokarski at the 0 to 5%. And now, Jeremy, it's your pick. I think the Buffalo backup may be Ukopeka Lukonen. Oh, uh, right. I've been reading that. And which would be actually concerning because he's probably someone that they would want to take a look at. Apparently, he's coming off of injury himself. But uh, anyways, my pick's locked in, <laughs> so we'll see. Poor Buffalo team. Yeah, their they're roster. No, uh, it's Michael Hauser is on emergency loan. <laughs> but I did read, no, it is true that Uka Pekka okay. who is the guy who is supposed to be like their future, you know, goalie of the future. Apparently they've, they're bringing him up and they do have a plan to give him some games if he's healthy and ready to go. But he's a, he's never played before. Come on. Let, let's let Tokarski go while he's playing, especially since I just picked him. All right. So Jeremy, go for it. So there is a lot of really fun names in this range, just because mm-hmm. zero to 5% is like everyone. <laughs> But I think I'm going to go with one of the safer options in Michael Bunting. Hmm. Oh, interesting that you would call him. Like, what makes you think he's safe? I think he's safe in the fact that he's been getting like 15 plus minutes a night and his team plays enough. I guess there's always a chance he gets sent down, but I don't expect the five points per game or whatever he's done so far. But I think he's safe in the sense that he'll get me more than three. And a lot of the picks that I'm looking at are like, I don't know, I'll throw a name out there, uh, Vitaly Kravstov from New York or Alex Barry Boulay in Tampa, kind of the high upside prospecty guys. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I guess like with Bunting, he was on such a great role and he was getting like this insane deployment. Like he was getting top line, top power play deployment. I was looking at him in this range as well. But I just looked at the most recent game, which who knows, they could change back. Uh, but Arizona won. It was Kemper's return game on Saturday. And I'm looking at Frozen Tools and it wasn't looking good in terms of the bunting deployment. He was playing on a line with Christian Fisher and Lane Peterson. Pedersen, I don't know, P-E-D. I've never seen a Peter uh, Pedersen with a D before. So this is a new one. And then actually this guy Lane Pedersen was on the top power play in the spot that Bunting had been in before. And Bunting, I guess, was on PP2. Though it was with Garland and Schmaltz. So they were decently even. So uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, like eight points in 10 games obviously shows this guy has some offensive skills and he's still getting like close to 50% power play time. And this is a pick in the zero to 5% range. So I don't mean to like beat up on your pick at all. But yeah, that was just like, that was the thing that scared me away from him was just his last game deployment. Speaking of deployment, there are a few guys here that I am very tempted to take because of their deployment. So if you are looking for a streamer, listen up, because here's a couple great options for you. I'll start with Philip Zadina, who's playing on the top line with Dylan Larkin and Jacob Vrana 
as of the most recent game. And I'm also just checking to see, was he on the top? He was also on the top power play unit with them uh, to find the top power play unit in Detroit. By the way, you just see which, uh, which unit Adam Ernie is playing on. Unfortunately, Philip Zagina <laughs> didn't have any shots in the last game, but he had five, three and three in his previous three games. And I like this new deployment for him. He's 21 years old, still hoping for signs of, of, a breakout to come. It's not going to happen in what's left of the season, but Detroit plays eight times. So maybe now's not a bad time to take a chance. Another guy who could break out and is in a new situation, but that's because he's in a new team is Matthias Janmark, or uh, as he's been called these days, Matthias Janmark Nylon or Nylon. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but seven shots in his last two games as a Vegas golden Knight, which bodes well. He's also playing on that super hot third line with Alex Tuck and Tomas Nosek. Of course, seven shots in two games uh, comes against Anaheim. So that's the caveat that Anaheim is just bleeding shots against the golden Knight. So we'll see if Vegas can do that against every team they play. And then one other option, although they only play six times uh, from the St. Louis blues is Sammy blaze who's back playing uh, with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perrin. Are you, are you laughing? Elon? I'm laughing at these pronunciations. It's Sam, Blay, Blay and it's David Perron. <laughs> David. Like, what podcast is this? Uh, so if you, so Blay has a, a decent chance of putting up numbers just because he's playing with the guys I just mentioned, whose names I won't repeat for fear of mispronouncing them. But also uh, he has 20 shots in his last five games to go along with Sorry, 20 hits in his last five games to go along with three goals. 20 shots would be really something to get excited about. That said, those are my choice streamers from this deep in Yahoo's percent rostered, but I can't pass up an opportunity here to uh, pad my defenseman total and add Sean Walker to my team, who, uh, by the way, if you didn't know, plays for the LA Kings and has been a pretty reliable as being a guy who blocks and hits enough to have a, a reasonably good floor in the cup full. He also had this weird spell where he was shooting a whole bunch and I hope that comes back, but really I think I will just take his peripherals and run rather than uh, gamble on any of these other guys panning out. That's fair. Brian, may I also mention a couple of names that I had just highlighted here that people might be interested in? I'll just go really quick. Yeah, just uh, don't tell me I mispronounced Sean Walker's name. I don't know. I assume it's not Sion. I'm assuming it's Sean. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's Victor Rask, who's like super boring, but he's playing with Kaprizov. So, you know, he went on a little run at one point. It's not someone I would have taken, but he's out there. Rudolph Spalsers is someone we've mentioned getting yeah. good deployment on San Jose, but San Jose has been pretty boring. There's Ross Colton and Barry Brule on Tampa Bay who are both getting, well, Colton's not even getting great deployment. We just somehow figures out how to score but actually one name i really want to throw at you is a guy who we talked about on the patron cast and i believe you just like noped away from him like so quickly like you told me like he's nothing like everyone apparently from his team's twitter family was like i don't know i called twitter family the fan base of this team was like so happy that he had gotten traded but sam bennett is now a florida panther and he played his first game with florida on saturday and he's got two assists he was plus three, five hits, and he's playing on a line with Huberdo. He's actually the player who, when I dropped Logan Couture, and then my first choice was to get Gurianov, then my backup. So this guy, I wanted this player. I wanted Sam Bennett more than Logan Couture. That's just how much I've fallen on Logan Couture. I also like that Bennett has a good schedule over these next couple of weeks, specifically Monday, Tuesday, this week. If he does badly, I'll just drop him Wednesday morning. But Bennett, yeah, playing with Duclair and Huberdo on the second line. 
Uh, so who knows? Maybe uh, I know that you were saying how, you know, he's been really disappointed in Calgary the whole time. And there's no denying that, like, though, he did have a good pedigree at one point. And Florida is just one of these teams. They're like magic. It's a magic team. They take players who are nobodies and they turn them into somebodies, right? Like who had heard yeah, of but, Carter but you're, skipping, you're skipping the step where they have them play with Alex Barkov. Well, I think playing with Jonathan Juperdo works as well. I don't think it works quite as okay. well, but I like I, I hear you. No, for sure. When a player goes to Florida, they're one of those teams where their fantasy value goes up the way things are going this season. So I think Sam Bennett is uh, definitely the most interesting he's been in a very long time, which is still to say mostly uninteresting. But I guess we'll wait and see if he gets any of that Florida magic going for him. And while I'm I don't know if you're done your list, but can I just comment quickly yeah, on go for it. Tuk- Dustin Tukarski? As a, as a really interesting pick, Elon, he's somebody who uh, has not stuck anywhere he's played in the NHL for very long. Uh, over seven years, he's got 42 career games played and a 906 save percentage, which isn't awful, right? With those numbers, you would think, oh, maybe he can be a number two goalie. Although I remember watching uh, some of his games in Montreal and being like, oh, this guy can't be a number two goalie. But there still seems to be some hope, even though he's already 31 years old. I remember him from the World Junior run. He went on with Canada back in 2009. Uh, and since then, he's really just bounced a lot to between the AHL and the NHL to do spot start duty. So <laughs> He's been uh, learning, Brian. He's been <laughs> taking those 10 years to just focus <laughs> yeah. and learn from so the Buffalo, best. Buffalo will be, a, it'll, it'll be, it's a really interesting swing. I, I like, I think, honestly, the biggest change, Elon, one, maybe they're all relaxed, like all that like the losing streak is over. Um, the business of Hall and Eichel is behind them and Eric Stahl too. I think the biggest change there could possibly be the coach, right? I think that's the biggest deal. It seems uh, reading how their press conferences are going and then reading writers comment on those conferences night and day between Ralph Kruger and Don Granado. And I actually really like Don Granado's quotes. Like every time I read a quote from Don Granado, I'm like, that's good. I, like, I want all coaches to talk like this. Of course, he's in a situation where he's just uh, in a place where he can try and be the good guy right? and just be like, okay, we're out of the darkness. We're going to go into the light. We're going to have some fun. Like he's talking about seeing the smile on Jeff Skinner's face. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, more of that. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you love that. You've loved Skinner forever. Hopefully, he'll be able to... He's getting good deployment now, top line. We haven't seen that in a long time. It's not yeah. as exciting when it's not with Eichel, but still, it's pretty good. Yeah, Tokarski, honestly, the, the thought process for me was now I get to take forwards, you know, from from higher percent rostered places, not have to worry about goalie. He's a starter on a team that plays a lot of games, and that's pretty much all it is. And he's done well in his last four games. I'm not expecting, like, two exciting things from Dustin Tokarski. I just need a couple decent enough weeks. All right, so anyways, all that, that was a really fun zero to five percent branch we still have six to ten percent and eleven to fifteen percent so we'll still have some lower rostered players for people listening who are in deeper leagues jeremy are we going to one of those places now we are not we are going to the 41 to 45 percent and i am taking jared mccann very interesting yeah but uh, yeah. as long as malkin's not back it seems like mccann's in such a great spot such a great spot and he's been doing actual things with it non-stop like he hasn't, there haven't been two games in a row where McCann hasn't gotten a point since March 20th. So that's a month. And if you go back to the last time before that, he went consecutive games without a point. You're going all the way back to February 6th. So some very, very, I mean, there's a, a couple, a few weeks of not playing 
in there. I don't know if he was scratched or injured or if Pittsburgh had some games late. I'm not sure what happened there. But in any case, he has had a, a fantastic run as of late. And he clearly has the green light to shoot the puck too. Just one shot against Buffalo today. But coming into that game, he had 12 shots in the two games prior against Buffalo and Philly. Still playing on that top power play unit. So he's a, a nice safe bet for a point at least every other game and hopefully more. Yeah. Okay. So Brian, now it's your pick. Are you going to snipe me? I have someone I want. So let's see if you're going to snipe me. So we're in the 41 to 45% bend. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go defense again. Um, So we'll see if that's the snipe. I'm going to go with Jared Spurgeon. Yep. That's the snipe. Yeah. So uh, we've got two Jareds gone in the 41 to 45% band. Uh, what, what's more to say, right? We've talked a lot about Jared Spurgeon lately, how he's come on strong. Uh, he's still not shooting, which is bugging me. Uh, he has like five shots in his last eight games, but at least the blocks are coming. So those will help replace those, sh- those missing shots and a couple points. He also hasn't gotten a whole lot of points lately, but honestly with eight games remaining and a decor that I need to fill out, he is somebody that I'll happily take a chance on because I guess there are a couple of interesting forward options here and an interesting goalie option too. So I'm curious to see, uh, Oh, you've taken your second goalie already. And what if you regret that Alex and is in this tier, although Carolina is rotating with their... Yeah, they have Carolina's three goalies. I think I'm going to get more starts from Ettinger and Tukarski, I think. Yeah, so I will go... uh, Yeah, so I'm following up Jared McCann with Jared Spurgeon, which leaves you, Elon, with, uh, I guess, a forward, unless there's another defense that you found. Um, Well, there's not another Jared, so I'm going to have to break that trend. So there's a forward that I really like. And that's Craig Smith, who's just been insane lately at his 42% rostered. He's now got 14 points in his last 11 games. I don't even think that counts today's two assist games. Maybe that's 16 points in his last 12 games. So he's been insane. He's going to be really hard to pass up. But I do need 3D and 5 forwards. And there's really like no one for D in these like bottom ranges that uh, we still have to fill out. Uh, this is kind of annoying that I have to do this because I'd rather have Craig Smith, obviously, but I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and take a D and give me another Minnesota guy in Matt Dumba, who at one point in history was considered to be much better than Jared Spurgeon and it wasn't even close. Uh, but now here we are and I'm just going to take a boring old Matt Dumba who's on a decent run, actually. He's got like three points in the last four games, so it's not nothing. He's clearly capable of putting up some points his peripherals aren't so exciting nothing about him is especially exciting but i'm still taking him and uh there we go now i only have 2d left to worry about okay what do you, what do you think now it's your pick and you can also comment on my dumb pick for you is it like spurgeon like greater 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 than dumba or is no. it kind of close no honestly it could it, flip a coin it could go either way spurgeon I think has a better floor, but I've been wrong about that for at least the first half of the season, if not more. So uh, yeah, I I think that's an, that's quite an okay choice, Elon. Uh, All right. I am going to go to the 11 to 15% rostered band now. Actually, you know what? I'm not. Ooh, I have enough. Yeah, twist. I'm going to I'm going to audible here because uh, Elon, you were talking about there was a band where you really wanted one of two players and then it was a drop to the rest of the group. And I actually see that in another band. Here oh, I like this because I'm second pick. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we'll see if we agree that there's only two good picks here. And sorry, Jeremy, in advance for doing this. Uh, we'll also see if you concur uh, in the 26 to 30 percent rostered band. I am going to go with Chandler Stevenson. 
uh, over in Vegas who are playing seven games. And we've talked about Stevenson essentially as being a very serviceable top line center when that top line is uh, like, that just means he plays between Stone and Pacioretty, right? He's not, he can't necessarily anchor the top line, but you don't need to, you just need to play with the guys. And he's been doing pretty well, six points over his last seven games. And again, we keep mentioning uh, just how many points in, in their recent amount of games, which is all you're looking at at this point of the season, right? There's like this trajectory during the fantasy year for me, where at the start, it's just like data is important and past record is important. I'm still looking at it, but I'm also looking for new stuff to be popping up. And at the end of the season, I'm really just throwing everything I know out the window about what to expect from these players, because we're looking at such a short period of time, just seeing, okay, is this guy doing well lately? And in, and is he in a place to continue succeeding? And Chandler Stevenson ticks both of those boxes. Yeah, you know what? This, you really got me here because I had two players highlighted green, but one of them is a goalie and I'm full on goalie. So here's the place where I really wish I could have gotten Chandler Stevenson because I think he's he's like, it's weird. Like last year he was in the same spot and he couldn't do anything. And now this year he's like getting points almost every game lately. He, he went cold for a little while, but now when it counts, I got him my cup full team. Super excited to have him for the semifinals. Was very bummed when that Friday game versus San Jose got canceled. So I would have loved to get four games from Stevenson from this stream. Uh, but anyways, I'm kind of stalling now. I have to pick a player from this boring, boring band. There's like no defense here available except for Adam Larson, Joel Edmondson. And you know what? There actually is one defenseman here who's been a lot better than people have maybe been giving him credit for. But I don't know. Maybe this is dumb. But I think I'm just going to do it. Ah. Okay, yeah. Alex Goligoski. I'll just do it. <laughs> okay. Like, why, why was that so hard for you? I mean, he's hot lately. He's got like 10 points in his last 10 games. I'm just looking at it now. Or nine points in his last 10 games. Like, I don't know how he's doing it. Like, it's been a while since Alex Goligoski was super fantasy relevant. Overall in the season, he was so nothing for the first half. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere now, he's doing well. And I guess he's playing lots of minutes. He got five blocks in his last game. So he's going to give me a good floor. Honestly, he's someone who I haven't even thought of all season because he's not been available in yeah. any of my leagues. Like he, like he's never been in any of my free agent pools as far as I know. So I've never even had a reason to think about him. He hasn't been jumping on the score sheet except for recently. This is definitely like similar to your Stevenson. Like I'm just basing this on he's hot now. And I guess I need D. There is a forward that I'm kind of interested in. Not even though. So I guess it's at this point, I just have to take him. I'm curious, like, do you guys think this is like a really <laughs> dumb pick or does this like make sense? I guess it's like, for me, it's an okay pick, I guess. I don't know. I, I it, it, You need to find a defenseman. I don't have in front of me who the other options are. Maybe you want to share them after Jeremy uh, makes his pick. But Alex Goligoski is like the, what Alec Martinez, he's the Alec Martinez of five years ago, right? Well, like he was someone you could rely on for peripherals and like every other game point production. And now that's mostly gone, except for this late, this little run lately that he's on that I, I don't think will sustain. But I guess we're we're going down and you're picking a defenseman from the 26 to 30 percent rostered range. So it's going to be someone pretty deep. Jeremy, are you at all mad that Elon took Goligoski off the board? Quite mad, actually. He was yeah. um, my number two after Stevenson. Okay. Jeremy and I are in sync. Yeah. And that's, so hey, that's why either, we're going into our semifinals, I guess. Yeah, uh, this is bad. This is bad. I feel bad. Like, this is bad news for me. We've got the t- the fast track champion and a tier one playoff team that had a bye. 
and me. So, and I'm the one outnumbered. I mean, so. Brian, you're the one who's the former ultimate cupful champion, which is only like four people in history that can say that. So I wouldn't sell yourself short here. Okay. Well, let's uh, so, so uh, Jeremy, does this mean you think Goligowski's production is sustainable or do you just like need a defenseman? I wouldn't consider it sustainable. I mean, he's averaging like four and a half, a couple points per game over the last month, but I think he's good enough that he'll be replacement level. And if he gets on a hot streak or continues on the hot streak, it'll be good enough, especially from this band with some uninteresting forwards after Chandler Stevenson, who was also someone I had earmarked in this, but my pick I'll go with David Krejci. Yeah. He was the forward I was looking at. Good schedule. He was also the the second guy. Like there were two guys I'd be happy taking Ricard Raquel was also on my list, but wow. like he's now he's like the new Jeff Skinner almost as a guy who always looks like he should be producing and he just isn't. Uh, is, it, is Jeff Skinner no, sorry, always the, looked like he should be producing? Yeah, when Jeff Skinner was in Carolina, definitely. Oh, the new Jeff Skinner, you mean referring to Jeff Skinner when he was on Carolina, yeah, not from the, the past new two old years. Jeff Skinner. Okay, I guess exactly. You know. uh, and then I was wondering also, did you mention a goalie, Elon Jeremy Swayman? Yeah, Swayman's the one I wanted to take, but then I realized that I already have goalies. But yeah, Rask had a not amazing game today. So uh, yeah, I mentioned in our Discord server that I could definitely see those two um, like sharing starts the rest of the season. Like it seems to me that that would make a lot of sense. Rask has been injured. Rask uh, like keep keep both of them fresh, and maybe Swayman is actually like could be the better option the way he's been playing lately. You know, you know, man. I've been swayed to uh, think that maybe Swayman might be a little <laughs> bit better even at this point. I wonder if the Bruins would be better off just running Swayman into playoffs with the hot streak. He's on at least ride the hot streak until it cools off. And then you always have Tuka Rask available for you. I think the real story here is, of course, Yaroslav Halak all of a sudden becomes very uninteresting yeah. when he comes back from his injury. Because why would the Bruins go to Halak who's been bad when they have someone like Swayman? So Swayman's definitely someone I didn't take in this pool, but he's someone that I would be interested in potentially in my actual leagues that I'm in if I could stream him in for his next start. And then maybe even hold on and see if he gets a couple in a short time span. Um, okay, so Brian, oh, by the way, let me mention back to the Bo Horvat snub, like four games, I think, over the next two weeks or in each of the next two weeks. And he has three points today and the Canucks just beat the Leafs in overtime. Everyone's so worried the Canucks wouldn't have anything when they came back with uh, everyone, you know, coming off of COVID. Well, they just beat an amazing team in the Toronto Maple Leafs, three to two with Bo Horvat, two goals and an assist, including the overtime winner, assisted by Brian Brock Besser, the guy who you've, you know, regretted having held on to all this time. But hey, at least he gave you an assist. Yeah, I faithfully held on for two weeks for that one assist, which is obviously far too little, far too late. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm just glad he's healthy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, yeah, with that, it is my pick. Oh my goodness, guys, here we go. And uh, I guess I've been chatting, having fun with you, and now I need to go and make an important choice. So this is me kind of just stalling until I land on who I want, which is, okay, so here's a tier with two players who I want. Um, Sorry, guys, I just want one more second, if that's okay. All right, I'm just going to do it. This is a guy that I've actually been riding in a couple of my leagues, and he's just been so solid for me all season long. And I've already got 
I think a couple other players. Yeah, I've already got two other players from his team in Frank Vetrano. And did I end up taking, no, I didn't take Sam Bennett in the end. Did I take another uh, Florida Panther at some point? You just point? talked about Sam Bennett. Yeah, I talked about Sam Bennett, but now yeah. I'm going to actually take another Panther in Patrick Hornfist, who is just awesome, like all season long. And especially in Cupful where we get 0.5 for a shot. He's just, you know, helping you across the board in terms of the peripherals. He's also getting you hits. If your league counts that Hornfist is only rostered in 78% of leagues. I don't really understand what are these leagues where he's not rostered. Like he hasn't gone on a cold stretch pretty much all season, as far as I know. So yeah, in the 76 to 80% band, just uh, lock me in for Patrick Hornfist and also the eight games over the next two weeks, obviously. And that uh, brings it to Jeremy who gets second pick in this band. And here I'm looking at, I think Brian's already kind of spoiled this part of it. If you remember from all the way back at the beginning, I'm deciding between Cam Talbot and Pavel Buchnevich, but I think I'm going to go with Talbot. So I don't have to worry about goalies ever again, (laughs) ever again in your life. Well, that's annoying. (laughs) That's annoying for you, Brian. Yeah. I was so ready. I mean, Talbot has looked really good lately. This Minnesota team plays eight times. Uh, obviously they are going to give Kakanen some more games like they probably, but I can see Talbot playing six of those eight games. And yeah, I think it's like a really obvious pick if you need a goalie and uh, maybe it, it was a mistake for me to take Ettinger or, or, or <laughs> Tokarski. Definitely my goalies aren't looking amazing, especially compared to Jeremy, who you now have Cam Talbot and Igor Shostjorgin. So I think I like your pair a little bit better. Uh, hopefully my forwards can make up for it. And Brian, you, I guess, could still take a goalie if you want, but I don't think you're going to find someone as good as Talbot right in this range. No, I'm not. I have someone who's close, and I'm just trying to. I've just got. I'm, I'm also. Uh, I've got a couple more D spots to fill. Uh, this is probably a good place for me to to settle my goalie situation here. Uh, even though Nashville only has six games down the stretch, I'm not sure I'm going to do much better than UC Saros as my second goaltender of all the guys that remain. So uh, I'm very sad to not get to draft Buchnevich, but I will go with UC Saros, who, I mean, like Kem Talbot is a clear starter. What I was saying about Kem Talbot before, by the way, was that like he has made himself to be the clear starter when it looks like, I remember I had him in one league and I was trying to offload him when Cockenham was coming on. Like, oh, this is not good. I've waited all year for this, like for, for Talbot and he hasn't come along and now it's just a wash. And then Talbot comes along and now he's started seven of the last eight with a 916 save percentage. He's won five of those games. So Cam Talbot is great uh, and will probably play at least one more game than UC Saros, which I'm not going to be too mad about, or at least I'm going to try not to be. Uh, but yeah, this means I pass up on Pavel Buchnevich and go with UC Saros. And by the way, noticeably also not picked is Jack Campbell, who was on this amazing run, yeah. which brought him to 77% rostered, but not so great lately. Unfortunately, he had a couple bad losses against Montreal and Winnipeg. And now he's lost today, uh, three saves or three goals against on 24 shots, which isn't amazing. Obviously, I don't really like counting overtime goals against when trying to decide if a goal is good or not, because obviously it's a lot harder to make a save in overtime. But regardless, I think even just looking at the schedule, I think at this point, 
next Tuesday when Toronto plays next, I would imagine that maybe David Riddick gets another start just because Campbell's played two in a row now and he, you know, has got two losses, which means you might not be getting Campbell again until Thursday against Winnipeg, which is a tough game. So I think it really makes a lot of sense. And Brian, I dropped Jack Campbell actually in a couple. I had a crazy day yesterday. I dropped Couture and Campbell, two guys who I thought were like guys who I was going to definitely be depending on going into my semifinals. But I actually grabbed Ettinger also in this spot wow. there. So I'm obviously banking on Ettinger. Well, I also figured Dallas plays Monday, Tuesday. So it's more of like a short term. Like, give me a guy who's for sure going to play one of those days. And then I'll reassess from there if it's looking like Ettinger might get Thursday or not. But uh, yeah, Jack Campbell was hot. And I, I actually had bought his, I think I mentioned this on the show, I bought his Young Guns card over last summer because I thought he'd have a chance. And it went up, like it shot up in value. It was selling on eBay for like 75 bucks when I bought it for like five. And I really should have sold it then because I'll bet you it's falling now. I'm going to hope need to hope that he, you know, gets on a run again and maybe leads the Leafs to the cup and then it'll be worth even more. Otherwise, I think I missed out on some easy money. Uh, okay. So, I will mention before <laughs> we move on to the next round, just because you drafted Hornquist first, uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but Hornquist has not missed time due to injury this season that's good which is the first time uh since 2015-16 and 2015-16 was the first time ever that he had played a full 82 game season uh and the first time that he had played more than 76 games in a season since 2011-2012 so again don't want to jinx anything but Patrick Hornquist has been remarkably healthy so far good can I him. say something does, yeah. I, does this make sense like could it could Pittsburgh be the problem? Like every year, Pittsburgh has a ton of injuries. Are they somehow playing a style of game that makes their players more injury prone? Like, why is it that Malkin and Latang and Hornfist are getting injured all the time? Then, like you said, Hornfist now goes to the Panthers. I guess maybe a more chill team that's like, take it easy, bro. And now he's fine playing every single game. It's it's definitely curious. I mean, there's always been so many injuries every year in Pittsburgh. And it's just like, well, Crosby, Malkin and Latang and Hornquist, all very injury prone players, plus the rest of the guys who always get injured. Uh, yeah. I mean, are look, they? I, I don't know. Are they injury prone well, players that, that, or are well, they on the t- injury prone team? That's what you're asking. And I would love a deeper dive into this if you could ever provide us with one, Elon. That's an off season. Remind me when we do a beat writer interview with a Pittsburgh beat writer is like, is your team coaching players to get injured? Because <laughs> I want to know what's going on. All right, Jeremy, it's your pick. You've got five picks to go. You need three forwards and two defensemen. Which are you going to take? And I don't know <laughs> which band I want to go to. Oh, man. Um, I, thought, I thought we killed time for you with this uh, Pittsburgh injury discussion. Yeah, you just. All right. I'm going to go to the 11 to 15 percent band. Okay. And I'm going to take Mike Riley and hope that Matt Grizzlick doesn't come back and take that power play spot Tuesday. Oh, oh. Well, there, there goes my, my strategy to try and cuff that Boston blue line for better or for worse. Uh, so yeah, Mike Riley, I, I actually, so watching him in Ottawa has been fun because the word on Twitter, like this, these aren't my own words. I'll just use it's chaos. Whenever Mike Riley's on the ice, like amazing things can happen in both directions. Like things that are like, wow, that was awesome. And I was like, what in the world could he have possibly been thinking when he did that? So uh, that is, and today there was a moment in the Boston game where uh, one of their beat writers was like, excuse me, like you might want to not. Anyway, so uh, that's the fun of Mike Riley. And I, I, I wish the best for him, but I wish even better for Mike Grishlick. Uh, I, I guess I don't have uh, Matt. He's, 
Matt, oh my goodness. That's so embarrassing. I was, well, it's Mike well, Riley talking about Mike Riley. Of course. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so that brings us to. To it's you. My, it's my pick. Yeah. I was, I was also trying to stall. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. There's really, it, it's slim pickings here. I like there's, there's a couple forwards that I'm interested in, but I think. I don't want to have to pick a defenseman from somewhere else. Like I'd rather just, just tank, tank the D here uh, instead of losing the opportunity to pick a better forward lately. So Elon, you're going to get a, a real good forward if you want one. Happy about that. I mean, when you say real good, I guess it's relative. We're talking about 11 to 15% rostered on Yahoo, but I'll take it. I have someone in mind. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Okay. I, go, just do I it. take it back. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to take Kevin LeBanc. Oh, okay. Well, I still get who I want, so we're good. Oh, good for you. Yeah, so Kevin LeBanc in San Jose uh, has had an up-and-down season, and there's just been a lot of reasons to think it'll be more up than down the rest of the way, although I've been saying that for a few weeks now, and he's only had little spurts of relevance. So I guess this is a bit of a swing, and maybe I'm going to regret it. Uh, there is a steadier guy who I wonder, Elon, are you going to go to L.A. with your pick? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. But I'm- I'll see if I can talk myself out of it. I'll at least share. So since he's already on your radar, it was sort of, for me, it was between uh, LeBanc and Ayafalo. Ayafalo is like the steadier half point per game guy. And LeBanc is actually pretty much that, but with upside for more, but his downside also seems to be lower. So that's the risk I am taking and going with Kevin LeBanc here in this 11% to 15% rostered band. Yeah, I guess other guys I'm considering before I consider I follow is like Josh Norris is on a really good run in Ottawa of eight points in his last seven games. And he's, you know, on the top power play. I guess Ottawa only plays six times over this next couple of weeks. So I'd be giving up a game uh, if I were to take him over I follow or I have to mention, I know it's like you, when you're talking about players finally having small resurgences in Buffalo, you like to talk about Jeff Skinner, but I want to talk about Casey Middlestat, who's got now nine points in his last 10 games. He's on a four game or three game point streak. He's on the top power play himself, cashing in from there. Uh, so he's just on a really nice run in Buffalo play seven times, but I don't know how sustainable is that? Like uh, it's a really tough choice. I think an I follow is definitely a more boring pick. But I think I'm just going to take the safety of I follow playing with Kopitar. Like he's actually on a decent enough run himself, not as long as middle step. He's got three points in his last four games. He was on a three game points before going pointless in this game against Vegas. Does LA actually let me check. Does Vegas? I know LA plays seven times in this stretch, but how many of them are against Vegas? We've got Anaheim, Minnesota, Arizona, and then Anaheim, 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 Anaheim. Oh, yeah. Now that's fine. I'll bet you uh, if it was I follow playing as Colorado, well, I guess Colorado's not as scary now, but or Vegas, then that would have been a little more concerning. But yeah, I'll just take I follow. Here seems like a nice, safe guy over here at my 11 to 15% range. And that means, Brian, it's your pick. We've got four picks left. You need two forwards and two D. Yeah, I'm definitely not ready to be the one who chooses. Okay, well, I'll let you stall for a little bit. I'll mention that there's four bands left. So 6% to 10%. And then we have 51 to 55 and 55 to 60. So we've got that big block between 51 and 60 not claimed. And then we still have the big 96 to 100% band wide open with obviously all the biggest superstars. But of course, that just means there's not too much difference between best and second best. Uh, So Brian, those are your four options. Has that helped you narrow it down? You know, I really want to, I really want to take, I'm going to go to the 51 to 55% band. 
Okay. And I would like to take um, Rasmus Dahlin. I think I'm you're just, allowed. Just do it. <laughs> well, I'm just not sure. Because here's the thing with Dahlin. He also has been turning things around a little bit since um, since everybody left Buffalo and the coaching change happened. Um, like he has five points in his last eight games, but still a lot of one shot games. And sorry, when, Brian, you said 51 to 55. Darlene's 56, just FYI. So you mean 56 to 60. No big deal. Sorry, continue. Oh. Just want to make sure you had the right data in front of yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I do. So yeah, 56 to 56 to 60 percent. So five points in his last eight games, but he's not shooting, which is what I wanted. Like that's sort of how I know whether he's doing what I want him to be doing. And of course, there are other options with higher peripheral floors. Uh, I'm going to go it. I'm going to take a swing here and hope that Rasmus Dahlin uh, can, can take me through to the end of the season with seven games for Buffalo. Uh, I need two defensemen, and this is probably the only way I don't get stuck with one really, really bad one. So, yeah, I am going to go with Rasmus Dahlin and hope he gets another uh, five points in his last seven games as he did in his last eight. Okay, Brian, I love this. And I'm going to thank you for giving me a gift here, I think. Not like a huge gift, but I'll just take another defenseman on the same team in Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, Buffalo really close to picking him. His hits are crazy. Yeah, he had eight hits in his last game. He's averaging a lot more couple points per game. I think he also blocks more than Dalin. He hasn't been shooting lately, but I do like that he's on the top power play. So he does with with the great Casey Middlestat. So obviously, and Sam Reinhardt, who you have on your team, Brian. So you're, uh, you, you and I are both Buffalo guys now. I've got Tokarski, you've got Reinhardt and Dalin, and I've got Rasmus Ristolainen, only one point in his last five games, but... You never know. At least he'll give me the hits and a couple blocks to give me some points, even if he doesn't uh, do too much more. And I'm hoping for maybe a goal or two against Tuka Rask or Jeremy Swayman next week. So yeah, I'll log in Ristolina, which is my last D. So I get to relax and just take three forwards for the last three picks. Uh, Jeremy, it's your pick. You still need three forwards and one D. So are you going to finish off D here? Or are you going to go forward? I was hoping to use this category to finish off D, but both of the D I wanted just got taken. Oh. Instead, I'll go with William Carlson. The, uh, the best Carlson currently, sadly. <laughs> I would love if Eric could turn it around. But for now, I just want the guy playing the minutes in Vegas with good players, and hopefully he'll get me some points. Yeah, Carlson's honestly... You know, he's had so many different, I guess, like narratives around him over his career, right? Because he was obviously a nobody when he was on Columbus, I believe it was. And he went to Vegas, had that insane year. Then he followed that up with a couple boring years. But this, the last couple of years, like 60 points uh, pace last season and this season. Yeah, he's had some cold stretches. He's had some hot stretches. And I guess now, yeah. Actually, you know, I take it back because his narrative ever since that good season has basically been just like he's a 55 to 60 point guy. He's honestly uh, like not that different from a Chandler Stevenson. I'd prefer Stevenson, to be honest. Yeah, but just in that he plays center with good wingers and uh, like is capable of putting up points every other game, but is rarely reliable. Yeah. The thing with Vegas also is they always change up that power play, right? It's not too consistent. But right now, the latest is Pacioretty, Stone, Stevenson. In yesterday's game, this is already new from when I looked at it last time. I'm seeing Pacioretty, Stone, Stevenson, Martinez, and Theodore on a power play together and then Petrangelo Smith Carlson Marsh so tuck and they're just going like pretty much completely 50 50 so who even knows but yeah I guess Will and Carlson's like a safe pick 
So I'm glad that we were able to snipe Jeremy and grab decent enough defensemen and then leave him with boring old William Carlson. I guess another name we should probably mention two Columbus guys, right? Cam Atkinson and Oliver Bjorkstrand are probably decent bet for points, but unfortunately Columbus has an unfortunate only two games in the last week of the season and only three games next week. So, uh, only a five or no four games next week. So six games overall. So it could be worse, but uh, if you're going to grab a Columbus guy, do that for this week and then be ready to drop them for your finals. week. And like Brian, I have Seth Jones in the couple. So if I'm lucky to beat Ben and make it to the finals, I'll get that Tuesday game from Seth Jones. And then he'll be a really weird playoff drop because he's had a decent enough season, but he'll have to say bye. Okay. So whose pick is it now? It is mine. And I get to take a forward. So I could either go six to 10% or 51 to 55%. Or I go to the top tiers. Let me see who I have here in the 6 to uh, 10%. Oh, there's one guy that would be so fun to take. I have two guys here who would be so fun. Ah, they've got three. So I guess I don't need to rush because I like all of them the same. Then in the 51 to 55, this is obviously terrible content. This is me like kind of planning a bit on the fly. All right. So 51 to 55. Uh, yeah. How could I not? Let's just do it. I'm going to go Dylan Larkin from the Red Wings. So... Larkin has a decent enough schedule. Detroit plays four times next week, all against Dallas. So it's possible they don't score many goals. And then they play uh, four times the following week. So I'm going to get an eight game stretch from their best player. So I don't know. Uh, He hasn't had obviously the season we were hoping for, but at this point I could just hope for a strong finish. Brian, you've got, did you end up taking Zadina? I don't even remember now. No. Okay. Well, anyways, Larkin gets to play on the power play with Adam Ernie. <laughs> so like you said, that means he's going to be good. So give me uh, Dylan Larkin here. And now it's uh, Jeremy's pick for the 51 to 55% range. Interesting note about this group. There's only six players total <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in this range. It's pretty slim pickings. Like I would love to just rattle. Yeah. there's not a lot to choose. I'm going to name them since we can name them all here. We've got Dylan Larkin. uh, I'll go from most owned, most rostered to least. So Dustin Brown, Dylan Larkin, Josh Morrissey, John Gibson, Connor Garland, and Nick Suzuki. And I'm just going to take the defenseman in Josh Morrissey. I find all four of the forwards in this group really are like started out hot, but haven't been so good lately. And I don't want to take my defenseman from either of the other two remaining groups. So I'm stuck with Josh Morrissey. So that's actually exactly the strategy that I was hoping to employ here. Yeah. I will mention with Morrissey, the big knock against him for this draft is he only plays two times next week and three times in the following week. So you're not getting too many games. You're going to have to hope the jets make it up to you and he get cashes in on some of those power play points. Yeah. Or the players from the other two tiers that are remaining to draft from make up for the difference. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. D forward combo. Um, I'm going to go with Connor Garland as my pick from this band. Uh, He had a really strong start, right? 22 points in his first 23 games. And everyone's like, absolutely must roster player. And clearly isn't now down at 52% rostered, just 10 points in Garland's last 21 games. But He's still taking three shots a game. The difference between the second half to the first half is that uh, his shooting percentage has dropped from 12% to 4%. And I think 12% is probably actually pretty reasonable for Connor Garland. So I think that there could be some decent value the rest of the season to be found from Garland. And there could be some good value next year too, as everybody has sort of forgotten and thought, oh yeah, just a flash in the pen. I think he was more than that. I think Connor Garland is the real deal and has just sort of fallen off the radar. Thanks a, a lot to some bad variants. 
Yeah, I definitely don't disagree with you. For me, it was between Larkin and Garland, and I just decided to go with the one extra game, basically, was the difference maker. So I think that's definitely a good pick. And Morrissey, I wouldn't want, but I guess you needed a D. So there you go. And Morrissey, again, I don't want mainly because of that schedule. All right, Jeremy, so we've got two rounds to go, and you get the first pick, and you get to choose either to take a McDavid-level player or a non-McDavid-level player in the 6 to 10% range. Again, people listening, you can go to keepingcarlson.com slash draft or find the link in the show notes if you want to follow along and see who was available at all these different times. We have the list of all the players sorted by their percent rostered at the time that we prepared for the show, which was yesterday night, Saturday night. So you could say like April 17th. Uh, anyways, okay, so Jeremy, who's it going to be? This is a tough one because there's two players in the uh, the low-level tier that I like, and there's two players in the high-level level tier that I like. Hmm. but I'm going to pick third next time around. It's got to read our minds a little bit. Yeah. I think there's a better chance that my high level level players stay or that I'm happier with the replacement. So I'm going to go with. Before you say, Oh, too late. Did Brian, did you hear it? I didn't hear it. Okay, good. I wanted to give you some strategy because Brian needs a defenseman still. So when you're thinking of... Oh my God. He likes... <laughs> I'm just saying, if he's thinking of like, you know, oh, which okay. tier am I you're more right. likely? If you take one, you're then maybe right. Brian's going to be forced to take a defenseman in this one or the next one. So you could, I don't know, something to consider. Okay. Go ahead. That's fair. I'm going to stick with the six to 10 range and take Anthony Duclair. All right. Okay. There he goes. Another... Uh, Florida guy getting those eight games. I guess we've really like cleared out the Panthers and for good reason. And Duclair is playing on this line with the aforementioned Sam Bennett and of course, Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, so it's a good spot. And Duclair is on a decent enough run lately, right? Like he's, since he's come back from his injury, he's got five points in his last five games. I guess he had a couple games before that injury where he did nothing, but yeah, hot now three shots in each of his last couple of games. So you could do a lot worse than Duclair channeling my inner uh, Dave Benton there. So Brian, where are you going? Yeah, so I am just trying to weigh the value, like, because I know, because I get to pick first next round, mm-hmm. right? So I can choose either the defenseman that I want the most next round um, and take a forward here, or I can take the defenseman and I want. Uh, so I'm just trying to decide. So the D, I, I'll just say them out loud. So Vince Dunn and Shane Gostisbear are the D on my radar, but Gostisbear has been on and off that top power play unit and has not been producing lately. Vince Dunn is on like a four game point streak where he has six points, but the peripherals aren't there and he's still not actually looking to be consistently on the top unit. So that is, and Vince Dunn also often just drops off the face of the earth. So I think, man, this could break me. This could be, this could be the reason I lose this draft but I'm going to uh, save my defense pick, my final defense pick to be from the very top tier of percent rostered players. And from this group, I am going to swing on Nikita Gusev, who has been playing with Alex Barkov over in Florida. Uh, I'm trying to see if he was on, he was on the top power play unit the last two games too. three shots in each of those games, 17 and a half minutes. This is play that he was not getting in New Jersey this year, but he was getting last year and he was a 55 point player. So I'm going to hope that at least, I mean, again, if Carter Verhage is the player he's been on Barkov's wing, then I hope Nikita Gusev can be uh, at least as good. Yeah. Jeremy, I'd be curious to hear your reasoning for Duclair over Gusev. Not saying I, I disagree, just kind of curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I think Duclair, obviously he's only been three games back from injury, but I think he's a bit more trusted having been in that organization for long enough. 
I'm actually looking back and kind of regretting Duclair over the other pick that I was considering, and we'll see if uh, wow. that gets taken. What do you? Why, why, do, why do you hate Gusev? Don't know. <laughs> I guess, well, it's only yeah, like been a couple games, right, Brian? So it's possible yeah. they shake things up. Like Gusev's obviously a bit of a risk, but obviously For you've sure. got a high reward. He got an assist in his last game on the power play. So it's definitely a really good spot. And I definitely think people should be looking at a lot of these Florida players. Like, I think if you take anything away from listening to this podcast, it's Florida plays eight times over the next two weeks. And they've got Sam Bennett, Duclair, Gusev, like all these randos playing. Well, Duclair's not a rando, but you know what I mean? Like all these like players that are very low percent rostered that are in the top six and in positions to potentially get you points. So you're going to want to take a look at them. I guess I also took Frank Fatrano, which was maybe a reach at that time. Uh, Okay. So that leaves me with a forward. I really want to nail the pick that Jeremy was looking at. So I hope I'm going to get it right. I'm not going to pick Adam Ernie, even though I know he's been on the top power play in Detroit and he was on a nice run. A lot of people recently, and this is not who I'm going to take, but a lot of people recently have been grabbing Cole Caulfield in their leagues. He's already up to 8% rostered because he's on the Montreal taxi squad. He had a really good year in juniors this year. Uh, Apparently they don't have cap room or something to bring him in unless someone gets injured. So who knows if he'll get a chance to make it to the team, but he's definitely someone that's a nice stash. Brian, I actually stashed him a couple. For everything I've read also, the suggestion seems to be that there's no reason to throw him into the fire. Like this is a chance for him to watch up close and kind of get acclimated, uh, especially because I think Laval, like the Montreal's AHL team, had a few games canceled because another team that they were going to play had COVID. I may or may not be right about this. I, I think that I think I'm right. And I think that's the only reason that he might have been uh, that he might have landed on the taxi squad. So I, I don't think the plan was to get him significant NHL time, but perhaps just have him like to hang around, maybe get in a game or two. So I just for anybody looking to get some games and, and contributions from Cole Caulfield, I, I just wouldn't get your hopes up too high. Yeah, like I basically added him and put him right in my NA spot. And if, you know, there's a day where Montreal like announces that Cole Caulfield is playing today, I'll have the option to get a free, basically a free ad, right? To drop someone and and swap him in. So if you have an NA spot in your league, obviously grab him if there's no cost to you. Uh, If you don't, then probably don't because you you might not play. Uh, Anyways, okay, so I'm going to take someone who I mentioned on the podcast last week. I got poo-pooed a little bit and he's been actually okay. So I'm very happy that he's done well. Brian, I actually grabbed him without telling you. I think I mentioned it to you, but I didn't wait for you to like give me the okay. I grabbed this guy in our fantasy hockey trades league for good schedule next week. And that is the is it the winger on the Strom Panarin line on the Rangers currently Colin Blackwell, who has now five points in his last three games. We had a three assist game versus the Devils, then a one assist game versus the Devils and another one assist today. So looking good. These most recent two assists have both come on the power play from actually the second power play unit, which is with Pavel Buchnevich. So it's almost like the Buchnevich, the Nuchnevich, what am I doing here? The Buchnevich magic has been flowing all the way to the second power play. And so yeah, so Blackwell gets that second power play explosure plus the Panarin exposure on the top line. So it's a really good spot and for six to 10% rostered. I think you could do a lot worse. He's 8% rostered right now on Yahoo. So he's probably the guy I would have actually had number one in this tier. I think I had all three of these guys. The three I had highlighted were Duclair, Gusev, and Blackwell. So you guys obviously think very similar to me, but I'm happy to get Blackwell here with a good Rangers schedule for the rest of the season. And with that, Brian, you're going to take a defenseman from the 95 or 96 to 100% rostered range. So who are your options? 
Well, so point of order first, before I do this, I'm just going to try and, and squirm my way out of this and see if you'll let me. So I picked uh, Victor Arvidsson way back when, before I realized we were in a 6D situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to make me own that? Or can I trade Victor Arvidsson, even though he wasn't the last what? pick of the round, for a defenseman from the no. same band? <laughs> no. What do you mean you didn't know also? It's like in the spreadsheet and we said it in the Discord chat. This is what I'm saying. I had ample warning. I acknowledge. If it was just between us and like, I guess Jeremy could break the tie. I don't know. But like, uh, I just feel like as a podcast, (laughs) I feel like we're going to just get angry listeners saying like, you guys are soft. Like a draft is a draft. Like take your stuff seriously i'm just uh, asking no i know i'm saying i want to brian just, it's not me i'm saying that we're gonna yeah, get negative me. feedback it's, yeah we're gonna get okay so you're re- gonna reproduce the the structures of oppression <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, this is your choice to chance to break the cycle and say i've hey. never been in a draft before and had someone at the end asked to trade one of their earlier picks for someone else so uh i don't know what do you think jeremy do you think this is allowable hey I hate to say it, but I think we got to go if the rules were laid out and we got to stick to the rules. So I hate this, Brian. I'm dying inside. (laughs) You know what? If I win and you lose, I'm going to give you not a bad team name. I promise. I I don't believe you. And I still hope I win. But at least let me shout out then that Jacob Truba would have been in that band. And that's who I would have traded him for. In Kakupful, he has barely scored points. But he has been above three or even three and a half points for the majority of the last of his games in the last two weeks, just because the right. shots hits and blocks. Like usually a guy can fill two of those three categories, like a good peripherals player, but he fills all three on a pretty regular basis. Plus every so often he'll get a point too, just 12 points this season, but a ton of hits, a ton of blocks, a good number of shots. So I am uh, I'm pretty sad because honestly I think he he compares pretty favorably uh, with some of the guys that I'm looking at picking in this 96 to 100 percent band uh, who are uh, Dougie Hamilton because he plays for Carolina who has eight games and Victor Hedman because he plays for Tampa who also has eight games but the hotter producer lately per our cupful points has been Dougie Hamilton. I was actually planning on going Hedman, but Dougie Hamilton at least puts up a whole bunch of shots when Hedman has just been uh, kind of putting a shot on net here and there, uh, not as often as I would like him to. So I am just going to try and get volume out of Dougie Hamilton's shot totals. So I'm going Dougie Hamilton. You guys are both loving this. Like not only am I taking a defenseman from the top group, you guys both get one of the top two forwards from the group two who I think are pretty clear. Of course, I won't spoil anything, but I think it's a it's a pretty fortunate turn of events for you guys. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't like I don't know if it's so obvious. So maybe I'm going to make a dumb pick here because I'm looking at it and with the schedule. So like Connor McDavid and Drysidel are obviously amazing, but Edmonton only plays twice next week and four times. So I could get six games from McDavid or Drysidel, which honestly could be like enough to make up for all these other guys. Then you've got our lease. Like Austin Matthews has been insane lately. We obviously even have a premium for goals. He's leading the league in goals. Toronto also only plays six times over these next couple of weeks. So I could grab one of those guys or, and I guess I'm giving it away for but whatever. I think Jeremy's smart enough. That's not something he's going to be like, wait, Sidney Crosby's still out there. But okay, so there's Crosby over on the Penguins, who is definitely a tear down from those guys, but he's going to play eight times 
or no, seven times only in those next couple of weeks. So I guess I would take the Edmonton guy over him. Then you've got like the Bruins. Like I've got like Marshawn Pasternak, like that type. And I'm seeing the Bruins have four, those like, so three Buffalo games in a Pittsburgh next week. And then Boston has only three. So I'm trying to see if there's like an eight out there. I love Panarin on the Rangers. Also only seven point seven games, I should say though, four next week. And then yeah, three in the final week. So I guess all of that said, that was probably really long and boring for people. So I'm just going to take Connor McDavid. F it. Plus, wow. that's I where it ends. I, he wasn't even on my list. I'll be honest. I mean, it's if there was an eight game guy who really jumped out at me, like, I guess you could say like uh, Barkov on Florida, maybe like, but I might, I don't know. McDavid's so good. I, he's on my list. I'm just going to take him. Okay, there you go. So Jeremy, are you like really delighted with that? I like you have a defenseman off the board and someone who wasn't even on my board off the board, although McDavid can definitely do 10 games worth of damage in six, even compared to, or I should say eight games worth of damage in six, even compared to the the peers that are in this 96 to hundred percent rostered band. Uh, Jeremy, where, where are you going? Are you just going to go ahead and get who your first choice was? I didn't really have a first choice in this group because there are just so many good players. And like you said, with these superstars, yes, they have an average points per game, but one 20 point game from McDavid and he'll be well above his average for those six games. So I'm torn between taking the best player remaining, who I believe is Austin Matthews, but Matthews only plays six games and has had a bit of a wrist injury. So I'm not convinced he's actually going to play in all six of those good point and alex barkov who was more like six and a half points per game instead of eight but plays eight times and i think i'm just gonna have to go with barkov my mo all year has been games played over uh, quality of player and so i just got to keep going with it yeah i'll be very interested to check in at the end and see how mcdavid versus barkov for these next two weeks goes we'll see if that ends up making or breaking this thing I'll point out a couple of players who weren't mentioned. So Sebastian Ajo, of course, isn't quite up in that tier, but he does play eight times. Same Braden Point's been cold all season at the start of the year. If you could have Braden Point for eight games to close out the season, you'd say yes, please. Well, but uh, not it would the way also he's be, been yeah. playing this year. Also, it would be nice if he what? had like Stamkos, you know, to play with him. Like, or Braden Point does. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's playing with Palat <laughs> yeah. as his best winger. So it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah, I'm not necessarily blaming Braden Point. Uh, and then you've got Pasternak and Marchen also hanging around too with seven games. Uh, but I think the Barkov pick, I, I, I like that pick for you, Jeremy. I like the McDavid pick too. I'm very curious to see uh, how close they both come to Dougie Hamilton's production. Yeah, Hamilton's a really good pick. Like, you know, for D, you're getting a lot of value over replacement there for sure. I guess like we should also mention there's like those avalanche guys, right? The only thing is like Ranton and McKinnon. The problem is the Avs right now are in a COVID scare and like they could give us six games, but it could be less if more games need to be postponed. The the season's already been postponed, right? So they have lots of room to throw a avalanche game a little bit later. But okay, this has been a long one. Uh, And I also, before you close out, sorry, I saw belatedly a fact check in the chat from Ben that... uh, Patrick Hornquist has missed four games this season, which is still like not the amount of games that he's missed in previous years, right? Like he generally caps at about 70 games played. So this year, I guess if you extend it to a full season, okay, he's still been pretty healthy this year. All right. 
That's all. Just wanted to to acknowledge. Rolling a jinx on top of a jinx right there. We I thought we were already past this, but yeah, you're right. Also, we left out Huberdo, who's also an eight-game guy. You could have easily just gone Barkov Huberdo for those two picks. But uh, this is where we end. So if anyone again wants to check out the final results of this draft, it's gonna be over at keepingcarlson.com slash draft. I've had a lot of fun. I feel like we should do this again next year, but have like five people drafting and just have a four hour show. I think this could be a lot of fun. I don't know. I guess we'd have to start a little earlier though. Right, Brian? Um, Sure. Potentially if we were doing it with that many people, I think so. But I will point out that Elon, I don't know if you're ready to announce this, but I'm just going to toss it out there. If you like drafting, and you're sad that you won't get to until the next regular season. Boy, do we have a pool for you. The Keeping Carlson Ultimate Playoff Pool is going to make its return this postseason. And we tried this format for the first time last year. And it was a blast. We drafted every... Elon, can you give the specifics of exactly how it worked? Yeah, it's a pool. You're not going to find another pool like this anywhere else. It's the ultimate playoff pool to play. And all patrons of Keeping Carlson are eligible to play. And you only have to pay like a dollar a month, like any amount. Like, you know, normally we're $5 a month for our Patreon program to get all of our perks, including Cupful and in the Discord channel and everything. So uh, during the summer, we say just give us anything because obviously we know that you're not as in need of fantasy advice. We just want you to kind of hang out with us anyways. Uh, so yeah, come sign up as a patron at any amount or any, el- any people who are already patrons are eligible. And basically... You're going to compete against all the other patrons. Any an, an unlimited number of people can sign up for this playoff pool. And however many people sign up, we're going to divide you into, say, like 12 team leagues. And you're going to be drafting for each round of the playoffs. So let's say we have like 10 different leagues with 12 people in each of them. You're going to be drafting for round one of the playoffs, which, by the way, is already better, right? Because the most annoying thing about a playoff pool is you have to try to predict which team is going to go far, which then, you know, once your team gets eliminated that you picked a lot of players from, you're kind of done, which maybe is fun if like that's the kind of pool you want to be in. But I kind of like to just be able to cheer for my players and not have players who are already eliminated so in this format you just take uh the players you want for round one then we're going to be just eliminating people at the end of round one let's say if there were 12 people in each division let's say only eight will survive the top eight from each division will move forward to the next round where we'll reshuffle everyone and do a new draft for round two and we'll keep going all the way to the stanley cup finals it's going to be a lot of fun uh i won last year which i mentioned all the time and brian gets annoyed but i i'm going to not be able to say it too much I don't longer. get annoyed. I'm very proud of you for <laughs> it. Thank you. And there's the sweatshirt we talked about on the Patreon cast. And my wife wears the sweatshirt and she really likes it. That was the big prize. It's going to have a big prize as well. Anyways, yeah, sign up to be a patron and we'll definitely make sure we'll send out a lot of notifications to let people know when it's time to sign up for the playoff pool. But okay, with that, Brian, is it ready to close out the show? Yeah, let's close out the show. Should we also, can we thank Jeremy for being well, that, here? That was going to be part of my close out the show. But why don't you just go for it since you oh. already did it? Well, no, you, you're you the thank you guy. Well, I'll give my thanks <laughs> and you can add on to it if you want. Thank you, Jeremy, for being here, for taking your value. Like, I can't believe we have the fast track 2021 future tier one competitor on this show with us today. It was really great to have you and your thoughts and get a little insight into uh, the secrets that got you all the way up to being the top scoring team in the world's greatest fantasy league. So congratulations on that. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was a blast and I look forward to competing against the best in tier one next year. It's going to be a a new challenge and uh, hope I win this draft. Yeah, it's going to be intense. Yeah, this is the last time for a while that you and I are going to be friends because next year we're going to be enemies. Actually, I shouldn't say that though because we're going to probably work on some very even trades that help both of us down the stretch next year. But yeah, it's going to be you, Ben and Lewis from Short Shifts. 
Marcus, obviously Dustin. We've got a, a stacked group for tier one next season. Uh, Joe also uh, clinched in, though Ben uh, kind of took him to school this week. Unfortunately, obviously a great accomplishment to make the playoffs to Joe. So, okay. Anyway, with that, thanks everyone so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed our draft special. If you want to see the results one last time, I'll mention it's at keepingcarlson.com slash draft to get your tips on who we like best in these different bands of different percent rostered on Yahoo. Uh, if you like the show, we would obviously appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could review us, please do so. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Keeping Carlson. Happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, like we said, we've got our Patreon program. Come hang out in our Discord. Get into our playoff pool, keepingcarlson.com slash patron for more info on that. To existing patrons, please don't leave. Uh, we're going to be announcing soon how we're going to be letting you decrease to any amount you want and stay as a patron. So, uh, you know, just throw us a buck a month and you stick around for the summer and we'll try to make it very much worth your while because we've got a lot of Keeping Carlson content to go. we still got the rest of the season. Plus, we are going to do a lot of shows in the offseason. But okay, with that, Brian, let's go home. Good luck, everyone who's going to be participating in your fantasy playoff semifinals next week. But let's cue that outro music. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and read the credits? All right. This episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our patrons. Logo art from brandonweeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. This episode was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Pool, Dauber Prospects, Natural Stat Trick, Evolving Hockey, Cap Friendly, HockeyGoalies.org, Hockey Reference, Hockey Vids, Hockey Database, Elite Prospects, and NBC Sports Edge, and Yahoo! Great job, as always, Brian. Thank you so much again to Jeremy Versal. Oh, Jeremy, did you want to, like, plug anything? Tell anyone to look for anything that you do? Oh, I've got okay. nothing to plug. <laughs> all right, uh, fair Come enough. to the Discord. Come to the Discord. Get to see all the cool bots, including Wes McCauley. Oh, oh yeah, we didn't even goal. we didn't even mention Jeremy built a we ton of bots and helped with our Discord to make it so awesome. It's a really fun place. So yeah, if you're enjoying it in the Discord, it's definitely thanks to Jeremy. Yeah, come in. You can also ask Jeremy for fantasy advice. He'll probably answer any question you ask if you tag him. So anyway, blah. I was supposed to be ending the show here. So we've got obviously another week of short shifts coming up. Hopefully Ben will be tilting the whole time about his matchup with me and how he's losing. And then Brian and I will talk to you next Sunday to uh, preview the, I guess, final couple weeks of the NHL season. Yeah, very excited for to see how the Tier 1 playoffs wrap up. Until then, remember, fantasy hockey is for everyone.